everyone. I'm starting because you started hey, last time. You it was just five, didn't even let five me. eight six, and now I'm doing five eight seven, and I'm going to do five eight eight because I'm supposed to do e evens, and you took my. I was literally. Spot. I pressed that record yeah, button in less than half in a second. You yeah. jumped in there. That's the Straight liveliest in. you've been at the beginning of a podcast since right. I don't know when. That's right. <laughs> we're back again. It was only. It seems like only yesterday that we recorded our last. It was podcast, less than twenty four hours, and we are doing another. Full-length episode for you. Yeah, more stuff has been happening since then. Not much in our own lives, I have to say. Um, I feel better went, now. Went, Gemma feels better, very important. I, and everyone will be thrilled for me to n learn that because I was sick, I lost half a stone. I know, that's like... <laughs> sick yourself thin. It's, I don't know why it's not recommended by doctors. Um, I, 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 well, I mean, that's what uh, Summer was trying last year. Gemma, no. be careful. Um, I went to the dentist this morning. Very exciting. Oh, went to school thrilling. this afternoon. Yeah, and that's that's been my day. But we have also been watching this week's Coronation Street as well, haven't we? We, we did end up watching the um, the gender reveal reveal the <laughs> yesterday gender evening. Gender reveal debacle. <laughs> yesterday evening after we finished recording the podcast and then our first thing this morning was uh, was today's one. Uh, sorry, Wednesday's one. So after we recorded last podcast, yes. we immediately went and watched the next episode of Coronation Street. And then the day, and then this morning we watched the second one. So we caught up really quickly and I was so, I was kind of annoyed, but also smug, but annoyed because some of the things I said should have happened did happen. Yeah. But now I'm thinking that if you listen to the podcast and already watch the episodes, you're like thinking that I sneakily watched them. Honestly didn't. Or looked it up so that I would say something like Bernie and the afterlife. I was like, they went to great detail about this. And I was like, that's what I wanted. But I also... literally had no idea that she was going <laughs> no, to go I down. No, how would I have... Didn't know much. Didn't know much. I, I said I knew about there'd be some kind of drama at the gender reveal, but I, I didn't expect it to go. No, that way. it was not pleasant. Was we, it? we we did also know about quite a special event that happened in tonight's podcast and a certain return of a certain someone, which we will get to with great joy later on this episode. Gemma, I'm getting a bit nervous at the moment because you're, you're slacking. You're slacking on your job. You got, got the Coronation Street quiz book again. Have you not done a proper quiz for me? It's a fake out. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> because... I was trying to trick Michael by picking up my quiz book, the Coronation Street quiz book, TV quiz books, based on the Granada television series, Test so, Knowledge of TV. You're so proud of that birthday present you got me. Searching Questions on the Street by Graham Kay. But we're not doing that today. We're going back to what happened in years ending, a three and an eight. That's right. Speaking of which, oh. because we didn't do birthdays last... Oh, did we? No, we no, didn't we do didn't. birthdays. Did... Happy birthday, Tina O'B, turning 40 a couple of days ago. Now she's in the club with me. Not that club. <laughs> not the baby club. She's in the 40s oh, club. Oh, I've got a different date for her with birthday. Me. Oh, happy! Is her birthday to come? Yes. Oh, well, she. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. I got this wrong. Well, she she posted on her Instagram. She just celebrated her fortieth birthday. Well, early. you know what they say. Get some free cakes. Yeah. <laughs> More Do on that it, later. It doesn't have to be on your birthday. It could be on anyone else's birthday. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so you got a proper quiz for me. Thank you for that. I appreciate. You're it. welcome. I've I've put no effort into today's podcast other than the usual. Oh, I kept getting those emails in last episode as well. Right. So popular. Mute. What a popular boy. Um. Right. Go on then. Let's quiz me. Up. Are you ready to be quizzed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the first time. Listen, things that happened between the 10th of July and the 4th of August. What? <laughs> really? You I'm catching up. <laughs> how many questions you got in this quiz? I actually don't know. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Oh, well done. You could have made it around 15 there. No, I, listen, I didn't do every day either because I was like, 
that's boring question. Okay. Well, um, yeah. If, if you are not a quiz fan, do skip ahead to Street Talk. But if you're in the game with us, then get your pens get ready and papers to mark out. yourself out of fourteen. <laughs> get and ready to give yourself extra points for things you haven't earned, as per tradition. As is tradition. Right. Go on. So then. this was I got this information from CoronationStreet.Fandom.com, and these are things that happened. Like I said, tenth July. Tenth <laughs> of July, nineteen ninety eight. Audrey and Spider go head to head in a debate for students. For students, mm. for the council election, mm. how does Audrey lose the support of the female students? Oh, she says something really ridiculous, doesn't she? Um, I can't remember. I think I think that she makes some kind of remark that she thinks that women are going to like, but actually it's incredibly sexist or, or old-fashioned or something, like talking about... You're definitely correct, but that's not the answer. Oh. What do you mean? I'm well, correct you anything more specific. Um, I'm going to say, say she, she offended them because that's what uh, I'm going to say that she talked about oh if I win the council elections you'll be able to go shopping all the time and buy clothes because that's what free us women blow like. dries for everyone no she said she wanted to she suggested the return of Miss the Miss Weatherfield oh contest. yes she did didn't she oh, I I'm might sure even give myself half before. a mark for that one okay. oh yeah why Next. not right zero out 11th of, of July 2008 at a uni reunion Ken bumps into a former girlfriend he hadn't seen since 1963. What's her name? Marion Lund. Correct. 12th of July 1998. How does Rita kill the mood while everyone else is watching the World Cup final in the Rovers? Oh, um, no. It's 98. Had, uh, no. I you think know, this you... is when that she may be, but I thought it was later than that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is when she collapsed on her flat because of carbon monoxide poisoning. You're correct. Oh, brilliant. 13th of July, 2003. First appearance of which character that Martin sees at the hospital disco? Sean. Yes. 14th of July, 1993. What does the corner shop get renamed to in 1993? The corner shop. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is really tense. I don't know why the atmosphere is so tense. You're really worried. You really want to get these right. Oh, um, so I, I imagine. Oh, I just, I just kind of scrunched my face up, and I think I've knocked my contact lens out of sync. It's gone, it's gone <laughs> around the side of my eye. You couldn't cope if this was a televised quiz show. I'm going to have to sort that out later because it's definitely not where it should be. Um, Scott's supplies. Is it a Michael Scott thing? Not Scott, Brendan Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> yes, it is a Brendan Scott thing. I don't know. Scott's Emporium of Wonders. Scott's Tots. No, Scott's Provisions. Scott's Provisions. I was close. Can I get half a mark for getting Scott's? Oh, yeah, yeah of course I get. Right, I'm just going to pause this and get the sort of my contact lens out, please. Okay, I'm back. Crisis averted. <sighs> I managed to fish it out from, <laughs> from the side of my eye. But now I'm in glasses, so it might happen again. Continue. Did we we just did Scott right? We did do Scott's provisions, which okay. I scored half a mark for. You did, yeah, apparently. Seventeenth of July, nineteen ninety eight. Who does Sally Webster start an affair with? Greg Kelly. Correct. Eighteenth of July, two thousand and eighteen. Weirdly, not mentioned at the memorial, but who did the police put out an alert for after they were kidnapped by Johnny Connor? <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> When when uh, Jenny, Maria, and uh, Carla oh, were oh baby raising... Susie yes <laughs> baby Susie Barley yeah they didn't mention that one did they no twentieth of July two thousand and three on the same day as whose wedding does Tracy 
drug Roy Cropper and take him to bed for a bet. That's coming up really soon on Classic. Whose wedding must it have been? This is a stupid one for me to get wrong. I honestly can't remember. Peter and Shelley. Yes. Of course. Correct. 24th of July, 1998. Who wins after Spider and Audrey in the elections and by how many votes? Audrey. Audrey wins, yeah. One point. By... I don't remember. It's... I can't remember if it's a handful or a landslide. I'm going to say a handful. Give me a number. Three. Seven. Oh, well, I'll give myself one mark for Audrey. No marks for the number. Well done. 25th of July, 1973. <laughs> that makes it out of 15 much. then, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, nice. 25th of July, 1973. Who was knocked down in London while visiting their son in prison? Elsie Tanner. Correct. 30th of July, 1993. Who does Elaine Fenwick catch shoplifting at Better Buy? Uh, when was this? 1993. Who does Elaine catch shoplifting at Better Buy? Who? Are we Who? doing an ASMR podcast? <laughs> oh gosh, I remember this. Um, Vera Duckworth. Yes. 31st of July, 1978. I'm like feeling quite proud of myself today. You're very, well... You're very smug. It's because I'm 40 now. <laughs> Work begins on the shop next to the cabin on Rosamond Street to turn it into a cafe. What would the cafe be called? Jim's Cafe. Wrong. Oh! Dawson's. Dawson's Cafe. When was this? 1978. Oh, all right then. You 1st of me. August, ni- 2008. If I got it wrong, you tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> that is just that is you know what that's the story of mankind for all the way back to Adam and Eve okay <laughs> you drink me God it's not my fault um okay mind you the snake was blamed too oh. go on what's the 1st of August 2008 who does Dev start having an affair with this is an ultimate question uh, uh ooh Maya Sharma no, Nina no. Mandel. Nina Mandel. Oh, okay, okay. Final question. Third of August. Where she was before that, wasn't she? Two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Where does Eva go with baby Susie following Aiden's inquest? Oh, a house in the countryside. <laughs> When's this? Two thousand and eighteen. Oh no! Following Aiden's inquest. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's completely wrong. Um. France, of course. South of France. 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 She went She went to France. That's what you do in August. You go to France. Yeah. I, I did well then. Congratulations me. I got 11.5 out of 15. Not bad. I'd give Not that a passing grade. Thank you very much. I just click my pen in. In satisfaction. This is our special co-op pen. We More did about get a co-op pen. Yeah, we, we've given so many kind of teasers freebies. for the cabin section here. This is us getting freebies, which is what celebrities do. Thanks very much, co-op. We didn't even ask for this. No. We didn't even get our PR people to ask for a free co-op pen. We did, because they said, do you want some free stuff? We were they, like, they offered um, us a free pen Yes, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Birthdays, 5th of August, John Sharp, who played Le Clegg. Lawrence Mullen, who played Steve Fisher. My favourite, Packer at the factory. Completely underrated. <laughs> Ray Fearon, who played Nathan Cooper. Anthony Cotton, who played Sean Tully. Oliver Farnworth, beloved Andy Carver. Oh, Andy. 6th of August, writer Vince Powell and Reese Dinsdale, who played Joe McIntyre and also 
director. director. We have seen him in real life doing it. It's true. It's true. 7th of August. He directed a scene that never appeared on screen. In fact. Didn't he? So good that they wouldn't let anyone see it because it but might ruin television forever. We saw it. I'd shown her and everything. Uh, Shobna Galati, 7th of August. Who plays the dearly departed Sunita, also Orb. Because <laughs> <laughs> she credited as Hangar and BD and now Photo Orb. orb. <laughs> Tina O'Brien. Happy 40th, Tina. On the 7th. Maybe she's saying it now to soften the blow for when she is 40. Because I do that. Every time I have a birthday, I'm like, right, get ready for the next Mentally one. preparing yourself. And then I, and that, that backfires on me because I often get confused about how old I am. <laughs> All right. Um, it's the best probably age. <laughs> and Helen Flanagan, Rosie Webster II. So it's coming up soon. So no doubt there will be an Instagram 40. extravaganza for that. 8th of August, producer John G. Temple. 11th of August, director John Gorey, Gray O'Brien, who played Tony Gordon. Tony Gordon, yeah. And Alan Housel, who's a good lad. Maybe he's going to be in the jungle, play Tony and Dobbs. <laughs> Happy birthday to all those lovely August people. Right, are you ready to talk this week's Corey? Yeah. Can you still remember it? Tragedy. It was sad. Tragedy, but also cause for celebration as well. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a normal week in Corey. Exactly. Let's get on with it. Okay then, so street talk time. Uh, We've got five stories to talk about this week, some of them merged a little bit. And as much as I would love to start off by gushing about Henry Newton's return in tonight's episode, we are going to have to begin with the Damon Child story, which 100% I've seen it on a balloon, Gemma. is true. It's Damon's. Yes. Yes, Gemma says she's just noticing that herself as well. Um, Jenny's counting pennies. It's what I've called the Rover story. Not the best storyline. Not title. the last chance, Celine. I know. Uh, she already said that. Well, no, I, I thought that I thought it was quite good. I didn't want to steal it from her. Last no, chance, Celine is actually quite thunder. a good one. I also thought it could be um, Newton and Bradley, which sounds a little bit like Newton and Bradley. I'm getting a glare at that one. I wasn't glare. No, that's not a glare. Sorry, I know what a glare. That was more of a I was doing quizzical Nina, look. Nina Sharples. <laughs> no, don't call it that, lad. Jenny's cat and pen is it is. Um, Bernie's Orbsession. Oh, nice one. That, thank, yeah, you haven't heard that one before, have no, you? I that's, that's all right, I suppose. Uh, we have got the Feeling Stupid storyline, which we've had before, and Ryjacked, which is my Ryan being jacked up on his on like, his um, steroids. Like, hijacked. Yeah, like hijacked, exactly, exactly that. We learned some other words for jacked from this week's... No, it was last week's, wasn't it? What did he call it? Hen- no, hench. No, no. He, he I called... said... Hench, in the, didn't I say hench in the last podcast? I don't, I don't know. And then they said it that was a like whole 25 last, ago. Yeah, they said it in the <laughs> podcast episodes, and I was like, another one that makes it seem like we saw the episode <laughs> we before we did. Uh, we caught. Did he call it like mashed or something? Mashed. I can't remember what word he used. See, I'm I'm like Carla. These kids and their silly. He lingo. called it ripped, and Carla understood that. Well, I I don't understand. Rye jacks. We're gonna be talking about last, but you know, before well, we get. What? Look, let's just make up our own, look. All of us old people make up our own slang. I thought he looked totally crumbled. <laughs> crumbled, nice. Absolutely crumbled with a tiny bit of custard. <laughs> Lovely. I don't, I don't think either of us need to be able to need an item of vocabulary for that particular physique at the moment. At least not when describing well, each other. Whenever, shut up! How dare you? <laughs> whenever I see a man with too many abs, I always say he looks like a little beetle. Because if you turn a beetle over, they've got these weird ridges. Gemma has always said, since I've known yeah. her, beetle stomach. Yeah, beetle stomach. Who are you trying to impress? Other beetles. <laughs> you can get all the ladybirds. My, my belly is more based on the beetle's shell. 
in its you know in its convex state. You see there, not a line down it. Too many abs. Is like like is that like Lego Batman with his <laughs> the secret <laughs> temple or whatever it is? That he's got. Um, before we get started on talking, there was something more important has come up that we need to mention first. New Argos idents, hey hey, starting on Wednesday. What do you think? Initial reactions. We should have done a street talk show about them. Uh, Argos has not sponsored this podcast. No, so we can say what and we like. And they haven't sent us any cakes. So I'm going to say I don't like how they're inconsistent. What do you mean? I think they're inconsistent. One minute, this this dinosaur, what's his name? Jonathan? No, I can't remember. He does say his name. Bradley. I've forgotten both of their Frank. names. Frank. Oh, Trevor. The dinosaur's called Trevor because like it's that. not Roy. Yeah, exactly. One minute, sh- he knows everything about Coronation Street. And the next minute, he doesn't know who Roy is, and he doesn't get the joke. <laughs> I th- I'm, I'm kind of guessing, I'm getting from the relationship between the two of them that maybe he is into Cory a little bit more than she is. Why is she, the one who's into Cory? She's Corrie? just there, like, saying, yeah, whatever, I'll watch it, I suppose. Yeah, well, the, the, it's a bit of an imbalance of the sexes in this, is isn't it? Is she watching Cory? I assume he, that Trevor identifies as a male dinosaur. If she doesn't, yeah, that's true. It, it, is, it, is this a heteronormative relationship between you know a doll maybe and a, they're a just dinosaur. friends they could just be friends they could be brother and sister <laughs> yeah who knows i mean i'm not gonna judge they <laughs> might be adopted who knows maybe maybe this race of um beings all the females look like dolls and all the males look like a dinosaur maybe oh maybe when they have babies you know like in the old cartoons when they had you know the miss piggy and kermit the frog babies and it's like a frog's body and a pig's head or yeah. Actually, no, that's not true at all. No, Kermit and Miss Piggy got a little. You know what I mean? That's the thing in cartoons. So, is it gonna are their, are their, are their babies gonna have doll bodies no. with Tyrannosaurus no. heads on top, or the other way around? I don't know what's worse. Normally, in um, cartoons, when they have children, all the the female children look exactly like the mother, and all the male children look exactly like the man. No, that that is sometimes what happens. I'm gonna say sometimes. Does he only have a relationship with his? What's the dolls? What's the doll called? I can't remember, but she Sandra. does. She is named she, in it. She is she only around because his arms are too short to touch the remote. <laughs> yeah, that's her, that's her job. Turn the telly on. I don't. I don't. I don't find them consistent. I find. I think honestly, it, it feels like they were there for a morning and they came up with all these ideas at once. I think that they, they didn't that, workshop that, this at all. I think that they are in actual Argos adverts because they've. I noticed a few weeks ago. I think that they've changed their Argos adverts from the oompa, 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 oompa ones to include like um, toys to life, which is basically what this is. Are they? They're not going to sell these dolls though, are? Because this. One... I'd buy a Trevor. The Trevor's just give me okay, a link, Argos. But the 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 female doll, she just looks the She's most quite, generic. Quite generic, yeah. Well, so, anyway, good job, Argos. I, I I think they're they're better than the last ones. They're still Corrie themed, like the Argos, yeah, like the, the old Argos ones were. But that mm. like it was that was. I, I just wonder what because like Jill Halfpenny's voice stopped a couple of months ago, didn't it? And it's like oh, without without old Jill, we need to get something new. These these are closer in tone to the Meerkats ones, but. They're not <laughs> no, it's, endearing, are it's they? like close in the same so way even... that Earth is close to um, Venus. It's like it's not really. They're next to each other. But no, the the meerkat ones were brilliant. These are okay. Um, kind of, I'm kind of interested to see where they go next with the, in the next batch, which will probably come in about six months' time. But you're not here to hear us talk about that. But you knew we would. All didn't the people, all the people who aren't from the UK, have got no idea what we're talking about. There's new little Argos. I dance before Coronation Street starts for August. 
and they got a dinosaur and a doll. And that's all you need to know. Oh, and I'm not keen on them. Um, would you like to do the the Damon Child story? You genre? want to do the Henry? I would story. like to do the Henry story. So I'm more than happy to take this absolutely tragic, heart wrenching, awful. Well, this is the exciting one. This is where all the big drama happened this week, really. This is the one that we were looking forward to going into this week's episodes yesterday evening because we wanted to know what was going to happen at the gender reveal party. I knew that something was going to go down because I saw a little spoiler that people were going, oh, drama at the party. But I, I, this, yeah, this didn't quite go the way that I expected. So I shall pass to you to remind us. On Monday, the Platts get their head together because they know that they... that um. Adam wants to have this gender reveal party. Mm. Sarah's not supposed to know anything about it. No, so she cool. gets really skittish all the all day long. Well, they're putting can, their heads together and whispering and looking at her, aren't they? She can tell that they're talking about something and they don't want her to know what it is. And she's got this guilty secret between her and Stephen that they've forged this document to make it look like Adam's the real father. So she's uh, suspicious. And when she sees everybody talking and then when she comes over and they're like, shh, 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 uh, she... she, she Pulls Stephen away and she says, look, do, do, do people know about about the secret about Damon? And uh, he's like, no. <laughs> and um, she says, I- I'm worried that Damon is going to keep calling me. And he says, just, just block his numbers. So Adam is with Daniel later and he is uh, telling um, Daniel that this party is not just a gender reveal party. It's kind of like... A, it's almost like a renewal of vows, isn't it? It's like a solidarity party. Come Me and through Sarah, the don't worry about everything that happened before. Focus on the future, the baby. Me and Sarah, we're solid. As yeah, a rock. The, the Platt Barlow dynasties are solid Secured. as ever. So later on, Stephen finds Sarah writing this text to Adam, and it's like this really elaborate kind of like passive aggressive. Um, I don't know if anyone's told you anything about like really kind of suspicious sounding. Mm. And he says, look, do not, do not send that. It's actually not what you think. It is a gender reveal party. And that's why everyone seems weird. (laughs) (laughs) They cannot keep a secret to save their lives, which is bizarre for a group of people who literally have kept millions of secrets throughout the course of the show. Not for very long though, really. Longer than, longer than an afternoon. (laughs) So, um, he, She's like, okay, thank goodness for that. I, I'd rather have a party than be outed as a, as a liar. I mean, most people would. Mm. Later on, Adam's getting annoyed because this clinic won't release the information to the balloon company about what gender the baby is going to be. Yeah, or, the balloon company wants to know whether to provide pink balloons or blue balloons. No, it's not. Well, yeah, that's true, isn't but, it? Well, yeah, exactly. So, but they can't talk to the clinic. Kind Over of obviously. Um, I don't know how anyone else does this then. No, I, I've got no idea. Adam's, Adam's like, hang on a weird. minute. They spoke to Sarah on the phone. It's still different though, isn't it, Adam? It is different. It's not the same thing at all. Uh, so he's like, we're going to have to call this party off because we can't find out what sex the, the baby is. And Daniel says, look, I'll pretend to be you and phone them up. Adam goes to see Sarah and he, he invites her to the bistro for dinner. And, and um, she's like, oh, dinner? That sounds really nice. And um, so, But she obviously knows that this is the, the gender reveal party. And when he leaves, she gets a phone call 
um, from an unknown number, which she answers, you know, because she's a business lady and she's always getting calls like, I need you, you need your pants now, etc. Um, it's actually Damon who also needs her pants on the floor. <laughs> on his bedroom, on his bedroom. Floor. <laughs> And she says, Damon, don't call me anymore. I'm not interested. I loved but, how surprised she was that it was him. He's literally been haranguing her with phone calls for the past few days. And it's like, right, I've blocked him. Oh, there's a number here that's that's unknown. Who could it be? What to do? It's you. So anyway, Daniel tells Adam, I can't get them to tell me who the, what the baby is. And, and Adam says, all right, I'll phone him myself then. Just don't tell Sarah. Is it, is it a doll's body with a dinosaur on the top or is it a dinosaur with a doll's head on the top? I need to know. I've got to the know clinic for the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Adam says, I'll just do it then, but don't tell Sarah because then she'll know that I know the sex of the child. Now here's, here he is a hypocrite. Why? lying to his wife and then he moans when she lies to him both <laughs> lying to each other I say call it quits Different and start scale again of lies, <laughs> do you reckon so Adam Damon calls Sarah again and she again says I shan't talk to you any longer please don't call me anymore and blocks his number I again. can't remember what he said there I'm not sure whether I heard him the first time possibly something important it's probably like, he's not come back this week yet, I hope so. you don't have a child with me because hangs up the phone I don't know Sorry. Um, the Barlows gather at the bistro. Adam arrives and he looks very shifty and he says something, oh, it's very difficult. Talks about trust. Mm, the, the, suspicious. Yeah. I, 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 we, we didn't know what was going to happen at all here, but even from here, he's like, I think he's, <laughs> I think he knows. I think you said at this point he's got a balloon with Damon written on it. Oh, yeah, or I Damon's did, didn't face. I? You said yeah, he's at that Damon's point, I, yeah, I thought it was going to be Damon's face on it. Which would have been really funny, but I guess, he, to be honest, that would have been suspicious because why would Adam have access to a high-res <laughs> photograph of Damon's face and a high-quality coloured printer? Website. Can you imagine? Can you imagine him, like how <laughs> in his white-hot fury, sitting there at the laptop googling Damon Hayes, finding like the local paper printing about this drug lord being convicted, <laughs> just waiting for it to print out with his arms folded, and then carefully cutting around all his hair. He probably get... just did, like, like went on the, the the Weatherfield Recorder archive. It was like, here's one of some guy who was um, caught up in the Freshco siege twenty years ago. He looks a bit like Damon. <laughs> Oh, I, I, put, put that on there. I remember he was in the bill. I'll just find a photo of him when he was in that. So anyway, um, he just writes on it, doesn't he? But that's a spoiler for later. Um, so at the bistro, Adam and Sarah arrive. She's like, oh, what's happening? Everyone jumps out. Oh, I thought we were having a nice dinner. But um, And then she asks to say a, a few words. And she's obviously been thinking about this because uh, she's... she. Uh, you know, I'm very grateful. Thanks for your support. Thanks to Adam for supporting me. I'm so sorry about all the trouble I've caused. Um, Adam's standing behind her looking very serious. If he, he, he didn't seem swayed at all. Normally, the, the sort of, the uh, person about to spring the evil surprise would kind of look a bit, oops, maybe I have been too hasty here but Adam's like no, no. this is going to be brilliant one of the funniest things I found about this scene before the balloon popped out was that Simon actually managed to get a word which is I'm going to say maybe it might be coming up on double digits on how many lines he's had in 2023 I love it. he says one thing and Nick's there shut up Simon shut up Simon <laughs> so, gets... Simon's like should we have lager and he's like shut up Simon oh yeah that's what it was wasn't it shall we have lager shut up Simon you don't speak you're not allowed to talk <laughs> So <laughs> consider yourself lucky you were even invited to this thing. <laughs> so um, Adam's looking uh, very serious and 
when she's finished her lovely speech, which I, I think was a, was a nice speech, <laughs> Adam tells her that she should be the one to open the box and release the balloon. That's, you know, that is a bit suspicious, isn't it? I, I would assume I've never been to a gender reveal party or a baby shower or anything like that, really. But I would assume that in most places, the, the mum and the dad pull the ribbon together or, you know, however you're going to do it. Sarah's like, oh yeah, you know, this is all about me. Well, she did give, she is the one carrying the child. It's still... Although, you know, she, to be honest, well, Adam, it would have been Adam's sperm that selected the sex, so... Is that how it works? Do you not know this? No, you tell me later. I'll tell you how babies are made after <laughs> we finish you. the show. Um, yes, it is the the woman, Every all the eggs in the lady mm. are X chromosomes. And the man prize the sperm that fertilises the egg and that the sperm have X and Y. And we don't have to do that bit in sex education at school, so thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) I had to tell my nan that as well. Because she, I thought for many years it was her fault that she she didn't have enough boys. And I told her it wasn't her, it was granddad. (laughs) And she was actually quite relieved. Anyway. Right, okay. Speaking of uh, big white things with tails popping out of things. It's a balloon. (laughs) That's right, and it's not an X or a Y, it's Damon's. Yeah, it's is got what's it's written, Damon's written, written on, on it in very spidery, furious um, sharpie. But he did take time to get both the apostrophes in the right place, so thank He's you no very fool. much, Adam. Exactly, and, and Sarah's like, oh my God, it's Damon, he's done this to make it look he's like it's his baby. Balloon. And Adam says, no, it was me. Here's the letter. This is like, fake. Pulls it out of his jacket pocket with a florist, doesn't he? Fake like you. Fake like her. And then he says, goodbye. And she follows him and Stephen follows her, saying, oh no, oh dear. Um, <laughs> this is quite interesting because we never really got any, like, none of the plats have had a conversation with Stephen, like, what the hell were you doing? How did you know about this? Well, no, Stephen kind of dropped out of this story after this, didn't he? He goes chasing along after um, Adam with Sarah in the street. But, yeah, we don't really see too much of Stephen in this story, if I remember rightly. And I was all quite excited last week about how Stephen was getting involved in it. But, really, he was just the vehicle by which the forged paperwork came into being, and which we were, was good. All of the stuff that we were saying last week, last episode about, oh, she's he's setting her up, he's got blackmail material on her now. Nothing. This has all completely backfired on him because she's not going to thank him now for this. That She's going to blame him because he did this without really consulting her. She, uh, although at the moment she doesn't seem to to be in that kind of mood. No, but she's more dealing with the fallout. it's not the advantage Adam. that he thought this might be, if that is indeed why he did this in the first place, mm. which is just a theory that I had. So anyway, um, Adam says to Sarah that he had to go to this clinic... These clinic people are like, we never tell anyone anything over the phone. In fact, I don't even know I'm talking to you. <laughs> Hang up. Um, he had to go to the letter, to the clinic, and he got the real letter. And um, Stephen's standing a bit behind them. And he's like, it was me. I did it. I forged the letter. I'm Pretty sorry. Good, eh? Yeah, you didn't know, sucker. Bye. <laughs> Adam's like, I don't care who did it. I just want you to all leave me alone. So Sarah goes um, to, Adam runs off to number one to his granddad's house, Ken, and uh, Sarah goes knocks on the door, but Tracy answers it, which was great. And she's like, get lost, slag. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken's like, Tracy, stop being mean. And then he comes to the door and he's like, get lost, slag. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, he basically is very like, I'm so disappointed in you. 
Adam deserves better than you. Well, he closes ranks in the Barlows, doesn't he? As, like, as well he should on yeah. tonight's episode He's and like, Fridays. Listen, Sarah, the last woman who told me she was a cheater got slammed against this door, so you better watch yourself. <laughs> Have I ever told you about that time <laughs> that I slammed? And Kirkbride didn't she know didn't it was going to happen. Was gonna happen. Oh, Adam, darling. Oh, that was quite the story. Anyway, so um, uh, get lost. Let him grieve for the future that he believed in closes the door and then Tracy pops out the window, old Kate Ford climbing a ladder there and uh, says, someone clear the trash off the doorstep, please. That was great. That was completely unnecessary, but I loved that that was the the end point of that scene. That was brilliant. It was a bit like in The Muppets when, you know, say, um, Kermit would sort of say something reasonable out the door and then Miss Piggy would open the window going, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) What if she said something more witty than that? Anyway, David finds Sarah sulking in the factory. This was a nice scene. And he says, um, you know, Max wasn't related to me by genes, but... I don't think he is either still. What? He said he wasn't related to me by genes. But I still think think of him as my son. Yes. And we're going to do that uh, revolutionary new um, genetic technique where we spit in each other's mouths and now we're related, so (laughs) it'll be fine. Anyway, so... um, Strings already are related to each other at the moment. Adam will get over it. The saliva exchanging there's been over the years. Adam will get over it and and raise the kid. And Sarah says Adam does not feel that way. I I really love him, but there's no fixing this. It's 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 over. David says no matter what, this kid's still a plat, and we'll all bring it up together and try try and talk to Adam again. I thought that was really sweet. Nice. This is the sort of scene that um kind of. Well, we said before, it's the it's the character moments. It's the this is family. They didn't need this particularly, but it was something nice that solidified. Well, it reminded us that they've got a lot of history. They're brother and sister. They love each other. David may well take the mick out of her all the time, but he does also look out for her. Yeah, very very nice. Well done. <clears throat> Daniel finds Adam in the pub where he's all maudlin, and um, Adam tells Daniel that's it's over between me and Sarah. I'm gonna leave her. And Daniel says, I think, uh, you know, think about Harry. Think about Harry. Sarah returns home and Adam's there. And it's she's like, uh, she tries to grovel and says, it could still be great, could still have a great family. And he's not interested. He wants to know where his headphones are. This is the conversation we have in our house all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was Where's my, my headphones? I'm like, we could be a great family if you don't listen to your headphones all the time. Um... <laughs> He's just, yeah, he's not, he's not interested. He puts all of his worldly possessions in a, in a couple of small banks. He's got a pot plant in a, in a box. And, um, he tells Sarah on his way out, it's lie after lie after lie with her. And the lie was about his baby. And he says, I'm sorry, we're done. Say bye to Harry for me. And he leaves. She's crying. So sad. On Wednesday, Adam is has slept the night on Peter and Carla's sofa and Peter says, like, can you not do that again? You don't... I don't want you here because... He just says it's a bit crowded with him and Ryan and Carla. Excuse me, Peter. I don't know who you think you are. The King of England. There's plenty of space in your house for at least five more family members. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sarah is with Gail and Audrey and Gail's telling her that Adam has been horrible but she's also been a bit, you know bit naughty herself and Audrey says just give Adam time to calm down 
And Sarah says, I need to do something to save my marriage. I don't end up like you. Oh, yeah, looking at Gail. Gail's like, look, some of them just died. And most of them died, to be fair, on It Gale. wasn't her Not fault. It was necessarily her fault that Brian got stabbed I... and Joe got hit on the head with a boom and Richard Hillman got drowned in a canal and Michael Rodwell collapsed in front of Pat Phelan and so it on. It wasn't because she was a cheating slattern like you, Sarah. No. No, it's just a series of unfortunate... Murders and things. I mean, she did do a little bit of cheating when she was going out with Brian. There was one cheating incident, but it didn't lead to anyone dying. Yeah, and it was Martin that was cheating in the other. Yeah, Martin's fault. And now the family's called Platt. When a man does it, apparently it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Asim tells Dee Dee about what happened yesterday, and he needs somewhere to sleep, so she offers him her spare room. We don't actually see any of them being roomies. Hopefully, we'll get some of that. No. Do you think they share toothbrushes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. I can see a bit of a chalk and cheese situation going on here. Oh, yeah, that could... You know, I don't know. We don't often see Adam in the comedic scenes, do we? But I can see Aggie picking... um, Dee Dee picking up some of Aggie's cooking skills and trying to make something quite outrageous with Haggis to try to make him feel better. That would be quite fun. So um, Sarah comes in to the office to talk reason to Adam, but then he she kind of immediately says look you you're also a bit of a cheat you've strayed you you're having to go at me um but you you're also just as bad and then he says she was completely out of order here like she she brings up the fact that he um copped off with some bird last year but that was when they were split up Mm. she was like saying you, you know he 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 has been relatively Faithful, hasn't he? He's certainly not... As far as Coronation Street is concerned. Oh, yeah, exactly, on that scale of things. He's not been going off having um, love triangles stories or secret affair storylines or anything. He's been, all this time, faithful to her. That's what he was saying to her last year during the Lydia story, and she Mm. somehow thought that she could bring it up as if this would be some kind of, you know, trump card that would make her win the argument that she didn't even go around there to have she <laughs> she wasn't really no, prepared for that was she well yeah so she should have been good prepared her debate uh topics yeah and he's like well, yeah you've been you've dropped your knickers for the local scally and you're trying to put this on me and then sarah's like ow emotional pain also Emotion of physical pain, yeah. and he doesn't believe her. No, she starts creasing up, and it's like, oh, she's going to be one of those curry pregnancies, is it? So, so he's like, uh, I don't believe you. So she goes out, and then we get the break, and the next time we see Sarah, she is um, bent over in pain outside of the cab office, and Sarah and Maria's like, what, what, what's happening? And Sarah, and Sarah says, I'm going to the hospital. I, I don't know what's happening, but I think I need to get checked out. So Maria bumps into Adam and tells him, and he's like, oh, it's a bit more serious than I thought. It did look like she was actually being genuinely having something wrong with her. I thought that... Uh, I don't I'm definitely think Sarah on, is the sort of person I'm definitely on Team lying. Adam for the vast majority of this story, but I think Adam should have noticed something was wrong with his wife. Uh. Even though he knows that this baby isn't his, it kind of looked a bit miscarriagey to me. Maybe I just know this because I've seen Coronation Street women have so many over the years. Well, but for him to just send her off too. on her way when so, she was clearly in pain... Sarah gets scanned and the nurse is not talking to her, which I thought was terrible. I know they're not allowed to say 
I'm not sure what's, you know, I, they, they can't say I, I'm, I'm worried or, I'm, you know, but she can, she can say something other than ignoring her, which she did at one point. And I thought it was awful. Um, it's obvious things are not looking good because she cannot hear the heartbeat and the nurse or the sonographer puts down the wand and says, I'm going to go and get the doctor. The doctor comes in. It's all dark. There was a lot of dark scenes. There was a lot of dark scenes in Yasmin and Stu's It's that house. oven in the Rovers. It short circuited the whole of Weatherfield. Um, the doctor comes in and says, you, you, you've lost the baby, which I thought was quite an accusatory way of saying it. Sarah. I can't think of a way of... Where do you put it? I, I, there's obviously a lot of of heavy nuances with language when this happens. And I don't know a really good way of saying this. Your baby's dead. Yeah, that's not the best way, is it? You've lost the baby makes it sound like you did it. I think The baby's you... gone is a bit, like, mysterious. Um, it's, uh, you sh- the pregnancy I mean, has ended that's... is a bit too clinical. I'm really sorry. You, you probably yeah. hope that some, and you leave a pause, and then you hope the mum's. Gonna... Is it going to be one of these fake outs, <laughs> like you do when you pass your, sorry, dri- you pass your driving test? We're not meaning to be too insensitive about this. Obviously, this is a very, very serious matter. But it's Corey. Well, it is a fictional baby. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so jovial to a real lady. Uh, of course, you don't have to say that. It just makes it sound worse <laughs> now. Anyway, um, I mean, I was. I found this incredibly affecting. This was really sad. Oh, I thought so too. Tina I think Tina O'Brien did a fantastic brilliant. job. And, um, yeah, I mean, the thi- this storyline's been done many, many times on Coronation Street before, but because it's such a universal story, like a human tragic reality, it doesn't ever feel like, oh, here we go again. You know, they do such a fantastic job. They're so sensitive. The actresses are so, are so brilliant. And this was no exception at all. It was really hard to watch. I was actually surprised at how much I was sad for Sarah because, you know, I enjoyed the storyline. I liked the drama and the affair and, you know, all of that the stuff. document forgery. Yeah, but the, you know, and again, with babies, I'm not particularly fussed or anything about, about pregnancies and Corrie because there can be a lot of boring stuff that comes along with them. But, but um, I was surprised at how much I was uh, upset for her. I was as well, and and I, I still put the blame for this whole affair squarely down on her. She shouldn't have had the affair with Damon. She was That's asking for it, but right. at the end of the day, I you know I don't want I don't want no. to see her having a miscarriage and going through this. I I do still really like Sarah Louise as a character, and I'd feel bad for anyone in this situation. I, they, yeah, they you, you think your life is going to go one way, and you're kind of planning yeah, it out in your head, the and then all of a sudden it. it's like nope. This is the awful, awful, awful thing about it, and they did a, a really great job of capturing that tragedy. Mm. Um, it was difficult, difficult, grim. And I, th- I thought, I thought the actresses that they got to play the nurse and the doctor with the small roles that they had did a very sensitive job with yeah. it as well. So, so Sarah's um, obviously devastated, and this was also really grim and uh, a sad reality of medicine and and you know w- the way that women interact with the medical profession. Um, you know, people can be as nice as, as they, you know, and supportive as they like, but biology is harsh on women. And this is an, uh, an uh, incredibly upsetting. I don't know that we've ever really seen, I mean, I think we, maybe we, no, I can't remember, but this felt like a new kind of more, 
close look at what actually I, happened. I thought exactly the same thing because miscarriages are you know, almost an annual thing on Coronation Street at the moment, it feels like. But the way that the nurse was having to explain to her, look, you can go home... There let, was a lot of nitty take gritty. Course. You can take these pills Normally, here and everything. And I was like, this this is, I, I didn't really know about this. This is, yeah, kind of. Yeah, this really is quite something raw. that, um, this, this is, yeah. So she gets told, you know, and I, this is going to be triggering to, to some of our listeners as well. Um, because many people are listening, have, have gone through this, or I know somebody who has. So I'm sorry if this is upsetting people. This is what, you know, this is what she was told. Um, you can wait for it, to p- the pregnancy to pass, she's told. Or you can you can do it here. And Sarah, Sarah is just, just devastated. And um, I think a lot of women who w- were watching this can feel almost in her shoes where you're being asked to to be so brave about something that's horrific and beyond comprehension. And the fact she's, that she was on her own as she's well. She's on her own. She's saying, I don't want to go, I can't do it at home. Um, the baby's not my husband's. My ma- my husband's leaving me. I don't have anybody, uh, you know, is this my fault? And the, and the nurse says, you know, pregnancy... We, we I, I liked it how the nurse said, or oh, we don't judge, because Sarah was worried yeah. that she was confessing these sins to the nurse and thought the nurse would be looking down her nose at her. But. Well, the nurse says that the pregnancies end for all kinds of reasons, and some, sometimes stress can trigger it, but you, it's, it's likely that this would never have been a viable pregnancy, and I don't know whether that makes it better or worse. Sarah's weeping... And she talks about Billy because the nurse knows from her notes that she's already lost a baby. No, um, no, no. But Billy, Billy, Billy was, was born. born. Yeah, yeah. she's still, still a baby that she lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And and also the notes talked about um, her psychosis that she went through when she was pregnant with so Harry as well. So she's saying, you know, my mental health, I don't think I can go home and have this happen. Yeah. So Adam arrives at the hospital and he finds Sarah. She tells him about the miscarriage and she says, these are my options. I cannot bring myself to do to do what they're asking me to do, which I don't know how anybody can. Some people, I think everybody reacts differently, but the idea that your baby dies and then you go home and... I know, it's awful. Yes, it is it's awful. No, it's, like I say, it's nothing that I particularly no, have okay. had to think about. No. Or, but... No, I, I it makes me anyone. very cross. I'm sorry. It makes me very cross that women, it's so unfair that women bear this burden to create life. It's just awful. And, it, and you know, I feel quite strongly about how medicine is not particularly advanced when it comes to women's... You can look all this up if you think I'm talking crap. I know that they do work really hard and there's a lot of good people who look after women, but there is so much more that could be done. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get on that uh, soapbox right now. <laughs> so she tells him that she's going to be operated on with a local anaesthetic. They're not even going to put her out. It's just going to... She's going to have to be awake while they take the baby out of her and she, then she can go home. It's just... And just in a few hours as well, she horrible, said, didn't she? It's sad, like... un- unimaginable. But for many women, completely imaginable because they've gone through it. Adam says, can I do anything? And uh, he promises that she, he'll be there for her when she comes out of the theatre. So 
we just see her sort of leave and then next time we see them they're back at home and and Sarah's saying that she doesn't even know if it was a boy or a girl and Adam's like I didn't write it on the balloon <laughs> but it was a girl and Sarah tells him I'd forgotten about that with all the drama that had happened I forgot that we didn't even know what it was but she yeah. says I would have called her Sadie and Adam starts thinking that it this is all because of him and everyone else is going to think it was because of him as well. And she says, no, like the, at the hospital, they, they said it, it's possible that, you know, anything, any, so many, it's such a common thing. Uh, Adam, Adam wants to, to give her a hug, but before he can, Gail comes in and that, you know, it's Sarah and Gail's time now. So Adam goes back to number one later and he tells Daniel and Daisy about, about what happened. And Daisy leaves Daniel to talk to him and Daniel, um, says, look, just by the way that you're reacting and, and what's happened, I can tell that Sarah is still important to you and maybe you should save this marriage. But when Adam goes back to the flat and Sarah says, thank you for, for showing up for me today, he says, well, I'm glad I was there for you, but I, this hasn't changed anything. It's just what any human would do for another human being. And I cannot undo what I've done and everything, all the trust has gone from our relationship. The marriage was dead the moment you slept with Damon. I cannot stick around just because of what's happened and what others might think of me. I need a divorce. <laughs> what what okay. a shocker at the end of Wednesday's episode. I, I, I want to know now, because we've not really talked about this. Do you, do you think that he was right to, to do that there and then? Or should he have let the, the, the things calm down a little bit before we drop that clangor? Adam is... In a, in a way, being calculated and cold about it, he was right not to let sentiment continue the charade that they were going to get back together because he knew in his heart that he couldn't forgive her. So to pretend would be cruel to them both, but I don't know that he needed to dump it right on her then because she's already lost the only thing that she had left. He had to do it quick, and when is the best time, though? If he's decided that there's no way going back here, and I think, you know, if I was in his possession, I would probably have decided that as well, because at the end of the day, I've been cheated on, and since then, lied and lied and lied to. Mm-hmm. There's no way that this can work. You know, whether storyline in the future they will get back together, that, that <laughs> remains to be seen. But he, he, he I'm, I would say to him, you do need to end it with her, and the longer you leave it, especially when she was looking like she was saying, oh, thank you, Adam. It looked like she was leaning on him and maybe he was noticing the signs that she was starting to think that she had a chance. Maybe he thought it was better. Look, I don't want to get your hopes up here. Just imagine if he'd left it until yeah. you know, next week, she'd started going around saying, oh, everybody, I think that, you know, after everything that's happened, I still think had, he's going to yeah, take me back. And then it would have been even worse dumping. Yes, it was horrific for her to be told that on the same day that she had her, that she lost her baby. But I, I think it would have been even worse if it, he'd left it to the next week and she'd have started feeling better about it. And then it would have been, you know, the pain all over again get it out of the way there soon I say um, and and as Ken says to Gail on Friday she, God, she brought it on her, on herself so I'm, I'm I'm on team Adam here on Friday Sarah is still 
obviously sad and Gail is looking after her and Adam comes around later and he says that I'll stick around with you because we need to tell Harry about what's happened and they wonder how to how to say what's going on and, and about the split and Adam is really up for carrying on being Harry's dad he says I think of myself as Harry's dad he his behavior was quite interesting to me today because he was even though he'd dropped this massive bombshell on her the night before, he was being very, not cosy, but kind and thoughtful and... It was almost like he, no hard feelings. Yeah, but... Which I, is odd. It's, it, he, I wouldn't have been surprised if Sarah, judging on his behaviour today, had started thinking, oh, you know, maybe he's changed his mind here. But, you know, whatever. He, he was, I guess, just letting her down gently because he recognises that... Even though he, there's no forgiving what she's done, she is still going through an awful, awful situation. Um, interesting that he is still interested in being Harry's father because I was thinking up until Friday's episode, is he just gonna, you know, is he just gonna dump him and and and, and drop him? Which lots Every of Corey dads Corrie do does this. sometimes. Sometimes. Um, I. I was surprised as well. I don't think I've ever really got any impression from Adam that he gives a crap about Harry at all. Um, Harry's not in it enough for that to really... That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's really difficult to know when you have the children that don't turn up from one month to the other. You don't, is, he, does he... he barely talks about him. Mm. Um, and it makes me wonder how awful it might have been if um, Sarah's... Sarah had had her child and Adam, you know, Sadie and, and Harry would have grown up with Adam coming around going, right, Harry, we're going off to to this place, you know, and just treating Sadie like dirt. Mm. It would have been incredibly difficult. And I know that I've heard of, you know, situations where children have this issue. It it seems... It's, it's nice that he, he wants... He cares about Harry, but it's also very sad to think about how they might have you know shaken out a different way yeah it's 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 similar to you know if this had happened with Maria and Gary and what does Gary think about Liam don't really know on on the other hand though you've got say Gemma and Chesney with Joseph and I think that if Gemma and Chesney ever split up you know you know with a certain returnee today that could well be on the guards um I think that Gemma Gemma's love and affection for Joseph has been made very, very well, clear. I'm going to point out the harder. obvious here, and that is that she's a woman and these two other people are men. Mm. But there's also, I mean, you got and that. And it's not it, just, it's not just how women are, it's also how they're portrayed in fiction. It's been shown, um, they've, they've had it with um, Fizz and Tyrone as well, haven't they? And, you know, when they were going to be um, splitting Quite up. often, though, that we'd, we'd spoken in the past about Fizz and Tyrone and how quite often it will come out, well, she's not my real daughter. You know, they yeah, use that quite a they, lot. They do. <laughs> they have used that against each other. But uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it's not unusual at all. For... It's, yeah, and, I, and I, I would say that, he, you know, he's been part of Harry's life for, what, the best part of three, four years now? And I would say that he does have every right to want to... Well, yeah, I mean, Sarah's happy him. with it, Adam's happy with it, presumably Harry is too, so... Um, I think that he's being a very mature and um, 
good person in mm. in this episode. I thought. I don't know whether um, Adam has adopted Harry. They I can't remember because he talks to Sarah about some kind of legal thing that he wants drawn up about access, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the the legal status between the two of them is. I can't remember. It's probably probably out there. When Adam's gone later, Gail comes back and Sarah tells her that Adam wants a divorce and Gail's just stunned. Like, why is he talking about this now? There's plenty of time to talk about that later. And Sarah says, well, um, I don't... Yeah, all I care about now is Harry. Harry's life's been turned upside down. He's my priority. So Sarah and Adam, in another scene, sit Harry down on the sofa and tell him what's happened. And he's like, can I play with my Lego? <laughs> uh, okay. And... So I don't know he what talks about, you expect. Oh, is, she, is the baby still gone to heaven? It was, you know, it's what you would what, expect. What you might a TV expect. show to have a kid say. Yeah. Sarah thanks Adam for helping her with it and promises that you know this divorce will be up. Um, not will not going to get in your way. Yeah. So Gail, Gail and Ken have a showdown in the street. <laughs> this is good. She gets him a headlock. <laughs> now she not says, quite. she says, look, your your grandson Adam is a right proper asshole. And Ken says, "Well, your do- your daughter is a is a strumpet." <laughs> and um, yeah, word so for word, exactly, exactly what how they... I would have written the script. <laughs> so he's she's like saying Adam's been really harsh and and unkind. And Ken says, "Well, he's within his rights." Sarah's treated him dreadfully, and uh, and they sort of go hmm, and they both kind of like go off in a half. And then Sarah uh, talks to Gail about about this argument with Ken and. She says, look, we should just get on with this divorce because I don't want any more slanging matches. I just want everything over and done with. I don't want to think about it anymore. I need to get divorced and separate and that will be it. Because honestly, who would have ever thought the Platts and the Barlows could ever unite in peace? No, it was always going to fail. Desera said that she doesn't want like a repeat of um, one of the Eileen and Gale fights rolling around in the cobbles. But tell you what, I paid to Everyone see that. Everyone does. I'd get an ITVX premium subscription if, yeah, I, me too. if it was exclusive get, to that. Get some stunt doubles and get them rolling about in the street in the gutters. <laughs> um, so how how did you think? You know, reflecting on how this has been this week, yeah, big changes. Things are definitely in a very different place now than they were at the end of last Friday's episode. Is is the miscarriage and is it a good direction for the story, or would you have rather it? Well, it feels very callous to talk about it in such a flippant way. Obviously, it's a difficult subject. Yeah, but are you? Are, I know, but I'm I, just pointing out. Let's be tactful. I yeah, I will do my best. Um, I I. As exciting as the the gender reveal balloon was, <laughs> and I was like, going, ha, 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 it's all going to come out now. And I enjoyed the drama in the moment. Yeah. I am kind of left thinking I'd rather that this story had gone on with the whole pregnancy thing for a bit longer because, you know, it's all out in the open now. Everybody know already knows about the affair, which they've known about that for weeks, but that could have been left bubbling away for longer. The whole thing about who's the daddy, I was expecting to be a very long running story and go, you know, because usually the who's the daddy are, aren't they? They last a good nine months at least. Um, but this one is like, oh, it's over and done with already. And it, it feels like maybe there was a little bit more that they could have done no, with No, I it. like this. There was no breathing room here at all. This was really tightly done. I liked it. I thought, I'm, I'm like, again, a bit like with the Stephen storyline, I'm left thinking, what's what's next? 
are Adam and Sarah actually going to get divorced? Is Damon going to come back to the street? We heard his voice this week. Yeah, which mean, makes me think, well, they've not What's got... What's he going to do when he comes back? Is he going to try and rekindle a relationship with Sarah? Is she going to be grieving so badly that she's going to let him back into his lo- her life? I think Thinking so. that, you know, they did have a genuine connection. They absolutely did. I mean, when the affair first started, we were saying, oh, God, she's clearly got a lot more chemistry with him than she does Adam. Is she going to say... The thing that was holding me back originally from pursuing a relationship with you is that I was in a relationship with Adam. Now I'm not. I'm free. Mm. The thing is, I've grown to accept and appreciate Sarah and Adam as a couple a lot more as part of this couple. They've they've done such a great... It's like, oh, that's a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, Yeah, considering that, you know, for the first two-odd years of their marriage, it was like, I remember them, they got married. Oh, yeah. It was literally a joke to us that they they were married. Yeah. Because it was ne- they were never they in had it. No it never got mentioned. And I didn't care about them. No, at all. but for this, it's like oh, it's a bit of a shame, really. I would. But lo- I don't I- think that. As I say, I don't think that Adam should go crawling back to her. You she's, feel so strongly about it. Are she you just... has shown herself to be so so unfaithful, and then just lie and lie and lie. And even if even <laughs> if it if it was just the infidelity, yeah. I don't think I could trust her because she's Sarah Lou. She just no, she lying does. comes second nature to she her. She really does. And then she's like, oh, how to get myself in this position? <laughs> I, I think he I think he is better off without her, but sadly. I like, I like the idea. Once I got into the idea of Adam and Sarah together, I really, really warmed to this concept of uniting the Platts. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Barlow Platt alliance. And I that's... like the idea of there being a Platt Barlow baby. Yeah, but do, do, are we going to be left with a... Platt Barlow um, fight, and you know that this is something an ongoing that feud. yeah, an ongoing feud between the two major families of the street, which I know is something that Script has seen on Twitter has um, been certainly angling for for a while, and that could be quite exciting. But I don't know whether this is going to lead there, especially if the divorce goes as smoothly as Sarah's saying it will. Now, she may be saying that now, but if Damon does come back on the scene, and I'm I'm honestly expecting him any day now. That could Ooh. certainly shake things prediction, up a bit. Prediction. Damon comes back to the street. He he knows that his he he's gonna find out. Everybody will tell him that his that Sarah had his baby. The baby was had was miscarried, mm. and it followed a dramatic revelation that was very stressful for Sarah. Yeah. The, you know the. The received wisdom about this is that you you never would blame the mother or say that stress caused it because there's no reason whatsoever to make anybody think that they're the reason why they've lost their baby. That's just tragic and sad and you cannot control it. And honestly, if women miscarried through stress, babies would never be born during (laughs) wars. You know, think about babies are never born. Never be born. It just wouldn't happen. Mankind had a lot more stressful times than a gender reveal party that goes a bit wrong. Um, so, yeah, you would But Damon would blame Adam. Yes. What if Damon comes back and thinks Adam's killed his child? Mm. Wants revenge. He's a, he's a very vicious man to go up against. And if he's, he's... also had a not very successful relationship with his son Jacob. And he might think, well, this could be the opportunity... This could have been the yeah, opportunity for me to future. have a child and, and have another go at this being could have a dad. Been me, this could have been me being back on the right track. I, everything was going all right. I was being a good man. 
and then you came along you you told this man that you know you got you made me go on the run because you you dobbed me in to this guy even though I hadn't done anything wrong and then you kill my unborn child now I'm gonna become a bad guy again and I'm gonna make you the focus of all of my attention I, I wouldn't be against that I, uh, I I'm not Damon's biggest fan obviously I, I'm not fussed whether he comes back or not but it looks like he kind of is but if he comes back and he turns into somebody who's gonna pursue Adam and you maybe know be this will, mega villainous then maybe yeah, then you know fun. he'll be in a relationship with Sarah and she won't realise what he's doing to Adam and then eventually it will come to a head and she'll realise and maybe that will drive Adam and Sarah back together at the end of the story. Do, I don't know. Do, do you think that, you know, if you were to put money on it, are Adam and Sarah going to be make it through this? Are they going to be together in a year, two years' time? I really time? hope they do. And it's I'm surprised myself. But I think they've been through so much. And honestly, and I know that what you're saying, you know, about the cheating and lying... But this is this is fictional. That's, and that's the thing. If this is a real have, life, I would, would be, be like, saying, stay the hell away Adam, from her. You're right. You shouldn't be. Maybe you could have been nicer about the timing, <laughs> but you you really should not stay with this woman because she is bad news, bro. As somebody who is a little bit fed up of seeing pretty much every soap couple, soap husband and wife, split up after a few years. And you know how? What? Who the longest-lasting married couple on the street at the moment? I can't remember. Sally and Tim, is it? But I mean, you know, Ed and Aggie. But that doesn't count because it was off-screen. I want to see these long-lasting marriages. So in that sense, and also the whole Barno Barlow Platt dynasty together. Yeah, that sounds great. But you know, in real life, I'll be like, no. So it, I guess in in that sense, like. I, I don't really mind how this ends up. I'm probably not going to be disappointed either way, which I, is kind of nice. I want to just say, well done to Corey for making this an, a compelling and unpredictable storyline. Me too. Um, and I'm thinking, this is going to be actually quite hard at the end of the year to pick the best story. And, you know, not, still, nothing has been as big as the big, big stories in previous years, like the, the Jeff and Yasmin one, the uh, the hate crime, anything like that. Um, but you know, we've got the acid attack, we've got this one, we've got, um, what else is big, big that's been happening? <laughs> I completely forgot, but there are definitely other big ones as well. Sorry, I was thinking about sad things. Carol. Don't think about sad things. Um, there's been some great stories this year. Um, and I think lots of people, oh, the Paul storyline, obviously, that's going to be, you know, who knows where that's going to be by the end of the year when we're casting Do our votes. Me. Um, it seems like all the nominations are going towards the acid attack story at the moment. I've made my stance on that a bit clear at the moment. It's gone off the boil a bit for me. Maybe it is going to be this one for me is my favourite story of the year. Which I never would have expected when it first started. And it was like just another affair story. But I like to have a good rant when it They've done some great stuff with this. It's been dramatic. It's been sad. It's been tragic. It's been gripping. And, and it's still ongoing. And, and lots and lots of great, great performances yeah, as well. Really well, great. Little bit of Audrey here and there is always <laughs> good. Gail has been relatively sane Gail's throughout been it. Gail's slightly rehabbed with this. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So and and you know, David, there's there's never you know there's never too much David on the street. There's always time for a little bit more. But what little he's been using it, it's been good. It's. A really, really solid story. Yeah. Um, and also Stephen's involvement as well. Which... Stephen was... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Good old Stephen. I, he, he doesn't really need to be in it anymore, does he? 
Like, does it does it really? In, in Adam didn't care that it was him Adam's that like, forged whatever. the note. So there, there's I no wanna, more secrets. There has there. to be plat fallout. There's got to be a plat chat going on. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh yeah, Uncle God! Steven. Just imagine what plat chats like at the Everyone's moment. Everyone's like, buzz, just buzz, leave buzz. it. Just leave. Just do we do we kick Sarah out so we can talk, <laughs> we'll start another plat chat? Yeah, plat chat too. Later. Is Adam on plat chat? Has he plat been? Chat. Has he been taken Adam's off been of it? Kicked out of plat chat by Gail. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. Um, well, yeah. I mean, good very, very sad and tragic stuff. And if anyone's gone through this, then our thoughts are with you because it is absolutely devastating. And I, I think Tina O'Brien did a, a really wonderful job, and uh, it was just very affecting and uh but not not sensational and overly maudlin or anything it was just really real and raw and 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 sad and i i think i had been thinking i wish it was strung out for a little bit longer because the the thing about secrets is i like characters that have secrets and keep them and keep them and keep them and keep them but that never really happened you know like when they had callum buried under the annex i was like oh people he's going to be under there for years and, and only david and sarah louise and bethany will know but it feels like, apart from the whole Gary thing, which a few people still know about, mm. um, secrets can't be kept for more than about secrets, three or four weeks on Coronation Street at the moment. So. Right, so anyway, let's move on. Jenny's counting pennies. Oh, it's an email again. I do apologise. Um, so, um, this, this slow start at the beginning of the week, um, we just get the idea that Jenny's get a bit worried about the rover's finances and she's talking to Daisy about it and going on about the um, the, the pandemic being um, having this massive knock-on effect cost of living increase and everything and I'm finding it hard to keep the pub afloat at the moment. Did you notice a couple of weeks ago everybody, do you remember when Dev and Ardy went into the pub and Dev ordered um, a water, a tap water for Ardy and Jen- Jenny was like oh you can't they can't keep the pub open on water or something. Give him a lemonade. I can't remember what she said, but right. there was a little, little bit of a hint a couple of weeks ago that even then, she was starting to worry about it. Well, if we're to believe the story, she's been worried about this for months. Yeah, but because of the way Coronation Street goes, as always, it feels like it suddenly sprung into, you know, from nothing well, to we're on the edge of a hang cliff. Hang on, here. hang on a minute. Nobody can say this story came out of nowhere because. Literally, all anyone's been able to talk about since the end of the pandemic is, and we've been flagged again on Spotify for saying that, um, is the fact the Rovers is dead. Nobody's in the Rovers. Everyone's been moaning about it. Coronation Street hasn't hard enough um, extras in the background, so Jenny's starting to feel the pinch. I wonder, I do wonder whether Are they just, this is leaning I into think that it's at all. a bit of a coincidence, but it's a very handy coincidence I think that it's you, can, same. you can match the fact that there aren't any, there aren't any extras in the Rovers. She's literally having to rely on you know, like a, a revolving door of about 30 people yeah, to try to keep the, the lights The pub up. quiz a few weeks ago, which was literally seemed to be two teams, Roy's team yeah. and Tim's team or whatever it was. Totally but, makes but the sense. Rovers has been empty. And, and Jenny talks, I can't remember which episode it was, about when she came to the Rovers in her teens. And um, it was always so vibrant and the heart and soul of the community. And it was, it was always packed. And this is what she wanted the Rovers to be like for her. But clearly it hasn't been like that almost since she took over. I mean, she's been landlady since 2018, which was a good two years before the pandemic kicked off. But yeah, you, it definitely it definitely There's... is very convenient. Um, well, this is I like this storyline because it, talking about cost of living, talking about um, electricity prices going up and 
Um, also, the hospitality industry is in a crisis too. Mm. And um, as well, I would imagine, I don't know what they are doing about it, but if I was in the trade, if I was a pub landlord, I would be concerned about the fact that um, younger people are actually drinking less alcohol. Now. Sort of like vaping now. They need to start a vape bar or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but you cannot. It's such an unhealthy thing to base your whole business around something we all know is bad for you, and you shouldn't really be doing it. Mm. I'm not not demonising it at all, but I just feel like it's one of those things that in a hundred years' time, people are going to be like, "Can you believe it?" Like, it's it's right, Gary like, says, the Rovers are still going to be going in a hundred. But years like, it's going to be like them. opium dens or something, and then you know, in another <laughs> hundred and fifty years, everyone's going to be like, "Can you believe that people used to eat living animals?" Yeah, there was a butcher's here. And yeah, can you imagine? We just we just did grow it in a in a lab now, where the, the old pub used to be. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a very timely storyline this, and and I've been wanting a Rovers storyline that is literally a just something at the Rovers for so long because that was what one of the many things that made Coronation Street brilliant in the early years. There were stories that were about what are Jack and Annie up to, what was Bet and. Betty and Jack up to and 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 now finally Jenny never it, even though she's been a landlady for five years it feels like we've not really had that for Jenny yet. No. Part of it is out of the show's control because of the pandemic, but other other part of it is they for some reason just didn't want to show it. But this is great. So well, I'm, I'm absolutely say, loving this, I'm, and I'm not worried that the Rovers is going to close down either. So I've got that safety net. Part of it I wonder is to do with having three. Three hour long episodes a week and having all these units filming at once, and you can't, you wouldn't be enough time in the day to film in the Rovers set to fill that much time. So that's why they've made these restaurants. I don't know. That's what I think. Back in the day, they they did two episodes a week, and if they wanted every episode to be in the Rovers, it wouldn't. They could do it. Now they've got to do three hours. They it can't all be in the Rovers. They could still do more. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm, not I'm, I'm happy while it's happening. Not going to argue about things that uh, we don't know anything about. No, we, I've got no idea. To be honest. So anyway, um, yeah, Carla. Has that ever us Carla and Jenny are talking about it later as well, and um, and and Carla says, well, that Johnny would have done all of he could to make this pub work because Jenny's starting to get worried. What with it being um, Johnny's birthday and everything, um, that. She's, that he she's might worried, be sad and then she remembers be... he's dead. <laughs> yeah. No, Jakarta says, look, he'd, he'd have tried his best and moved on. I think everyone else Like he right. did when the factory roof came yeah. off. <laughs> like he did with you. <laughs> yeah. um, he was practical. So Jenny says, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I still don't know what to do here. Wednesday, she goes to the factory to see Owen to ask him for money advice. <laughs> And I, I can't. This is Stephen coming in and saying, "Hey, I didn't realize this was such a cool place to hang out." <laughs> I love. You're not helping, Stephen. Literally, everybody always goes to the factory for a little chinwag about something. This should be no surprise to him. But anyway, Owen's advice to Jenny is that maybe the brewery would like to buy the pub back again, and Jenny is like, "No way, not interested in going down that route." Thank you very much. And Owen says, "Fine." Sell up then, let someone else have it. If it's not working, you don't, don't be sentimental about this. It's just bricks and mortar. Give it the old heave-ho. Stop bricks and mortar, Owen. <laughs> it's the heart of the show. There's a little bit of um, 
uh, MDF in there as well. We've there seen we've bit, seen yeah. the set. Um, I this this um, you know how we complain about character assassinations. <laughs> yes. Nobody cares about Owen, but this really stabbed him in the back here, this episode. Yeah, he's been kind of fairly nice so far. And now he's just like, I'm an evil businessman, sell the pub. And it, it certainly ties into what his character might be. He's a fair, been a fairly blank slate, but hasn't no, he? He's like, he I want to buy into the, road, yeah. uh, the underworld. But he had no consideration for her emotional no. connection to this pub. He was... Um, being very uh, cold and calculated, but he wasn't paying attention to her emotions. So she was completely right. Like, this isn't going to work because you're not picking up on the fact that I don't want to hear a business plan from you about this. I want sympathy and love. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of history here as well may well be in order. I don't know. Back when the show started, well, for the first um, 35 years of the show, Newton and Ridley did own the Rovers' return, and it was only in 1995 that um, they decided to sell it up. They wanted it to become a free house, and that's what um, made Bet Lynch, or Bet Gilroy, sorry, as she was then, leave the show. Newton and Ridley were like saying, We're not having it anymore. You can You've buy it if buy you it. want to still keep it. If you want to stay Bet there. Bet couldn't drum up the cash. She couldn't get it from Vicky. Couldn't, Rita couldn't get it, it from her, her pal, pal, bag. Rita. Um, so that's why uh, Bet disappeared after after Brighton. So since 1995, the Rovers has been owned by... the, the, the Revolving the, door of landlords. Yeah, yeah. It, I it, don't exactly. understand how pubs work in this country, but... That, that's my basic understanding of it anyway. So a free so house I've, is owned by the landlord and land or landlady. And I guess you, so. Or they might just... I don't know. Or they, is there another owner and then the landlord? Are they a point? Because there's the difference between the landlord and the manager as well sometimes, isn't there? But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Basically, Jenny has got no intention of it going back into the hands of Newton and Ridley, but... It's not like it's not been under their care before. So I, It's I, not the end of the world that she seems to be thinking it is. No, well, that's what I thought. But and, she's proud. That's the thing. Yeah, she's proud that it's hers. But when she was in the show back in the 80s, Bet and Alec didn't own it. Right. So she has seen it operate very successfully. But she likes being the king of the castle. Oh, yeah, you know, cool. exactly. She, she's, the, she's the queen bee, and she wouldn't be if... She, if if she was under their thumb. She's got her pride, but I'm yeah. glad that she was talked down because I'd much rather Newton and Ridley owned it again than her. I'm not being sure where this story street. is gonna go. Well, let, well let's let's go yeah, through it and okay. then we'll, we'll see what we think. So, um, Glenda, Jenny, and Daisy later are putting their heads together about well, what are we gonna do here? Jenny says, "Well, oh, this is when she talks about wanting it to be all." Bright like and lively was. and back in the 80s again. and um, Back when everyone could smoke wherever they wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's what Putting out their cigarettes on babies' heads. <laughs> and then Stephen comes in and says, Hey, have you heard of shrinkflation? <laughs> I do business. I know these things. So he's suggesting that she starts... Um, Shrinking portion sizes and uh, because you can't do it with the uh, the measures you can't of alcohol. Do it with alcohol. You can do it's it with legal. your orange juice, but that's only Peter. It's going to affect then, isn't it? So we we see that in action later on when Gary and Ed are tucking into their hot pots that Glenda brings over to them. 
she's like saying, here you go, it's lovely, tuck in, don't we know? Don't look at it. They're exactly the same as it's always been. And they're picking through it and saying, hang on a minute, this is all carrot, what's going on here? And Jenny Glenn's just like, no, no, Jenny's in the background, hoping, sort of, you could see in her face that she knows this isn't going to go down well. She, I think she kind of suspected that it wasn't going to work anyway. Um, so they kind of complain and but they just, have to have another one made for them. I want to say, Hot Pot, I love Hot Pot. I make Hot Pot for us. I buy lamb almost specifically just to make hot pots and sometimes curries. But the price of lamb has gone up to a ridiculous amount now. It is literally almost doubled in price. Mm. So I'm not surprised that they are struggling to um, to, to get enough uh, meat to go in the hot I was pot. reading today about how expensive, even more expensive, lamb is in America. And that's oh, why yeah, Americans don't, have, don't, don't really eat lamb. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, so, so extortionate. At one point it was about the same price as beef here. Mm. But not anymore. And you can't have beef hot pot because Betty wouldn't like that. I love lamb, so it's my favourite meat. <laughs> um, so, um, Jenny and Glenda are in the back room later just moaning about the state of things and waiting for the waiting for the oven to cook Ed and Gary's no, hang- replacement hot yeah, pot. Yeah, now, they're now out another two hot pots. It hasn't yeah. made, it's made it worse. When the lecker goes out. Oh, all no. goes dark. Um, and the customers begin to leave, all, all two of them. Um, but luckily, Gary manages to fix the problem. It turned out it was something, something wrong with the it. oven. The oven's the oven's broken and yeah, the oven fused. fused. Yeah, and now they have to pay two thousand pounds for a new oven. Yeah, it's all going a bit wrong. Owen comes to the pub later, which he calls the Tumbleweed Tavern. Thanks. Um, and Jenny says, "Well, yeah, I've had to buy a new oven. Actually, thanks very much for your sympathy." Owen says, well, like I told you, you need to think with your head and not with your heart. Sell the place. This isn't working for you. He's not, he isn't wrong. Later on, Jenny tells Owen, our relationship is not working. The way you've treated me today, and it's weird because she has been fairly loved up with Owen up to this point, hasn't she? Yes, she's been... This was very abrupt. She's been making gooey eyes slightly at Stephen. Yeah, um, it's just this just did come out of nowhere a little bit, but um, they they laid it on a bit thick with Owen, like ow, oh, you know. Yeah, they probably could have done a little bit more. I would have preferred this to taken a week, but well, only because it could have been, been more opportunity to have more of the wonderful Jenny Connor on our screens. Yeah. I um, love a bit of Jen. Oh, this this week has had Jenny oh, yes, front and centre, apart from that Sarah Louise. Ugh, trying to be this has been a Jenny week for me, brilliant. Yeah. Um, anyway, she 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 dumps him, basically. Um, He's like, oh, you Stephen made you do this. Yeah, yeah. And she says, no, I've got a mind of my own. Get lost, you. You're out of my life. So, Steve, so now I'm thinking, well, Stephen doesn't need to kill him then. All these people that we had on Stephen's hit list are... Uh, uh, yeah. Solving that. It's almost like, Michael, mm. you don't have to kill people. What? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen finds Jenny all maudlin outside the pub later and she says, I've dumped Owen, don't know what to do, I'm drowning in debt, what, what am I going to do? Maybe I'm not cut out for this game. And he's like, no, you're the strongest, sassiest, most resourceful woman in the city. You've got this. And he goes in to whisper... Well, she, he says oh, yeah. it's always darkest, the before, darkest dawn. before the dawn. Now, go and kick Dawn's ass. And he says that line kind of leaning in to whisper to her. She thinks he's going in for a snog. Which she and was happy to Brilliant little subtle movement there. Yeah. She's, she turns like, her face as if, <gasps> as if to join him in Steven. the old um, lip locking. But he just wants to do a whisper. And he walks off. He... he I don't think he noticed I that she was, was going ca- for a kiss I don't think he was doing there. a play there. 
No, and because and he wasn't kind of grinning smugly as he walked off any more she than was. usual anyway. She's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even though she missed out on a chance to kiss, she she thinks that she there is now a chance. Now needs to think smart here. Get Stephen to move in with her in the Rovers, pay her rent. Exactly. Listen, then they sublet mm? Elaine's flat and get money from there too. Double income. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, and I'd kind of like it to go this way, if eventually, once the whole Henry bit is out of the way, Stephen it decides to invest in the Rovers. Because clearly, well, what Henry bit. We don't know how long he's going to be in it for. No, no, no. We don't. But I'm not. I'm not expecting you know Henry to be the new landlord of the uh, the Rovers' return. I think that Jenny's still going. to... Well, his involvement may, may... with the Ro- Rovers. You don't know how. I don't know how where that's going. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I honestly don't know where that's going. But um, I, I think that it would be an interesting move if the Rovers, the Newton and Ridley thing, does eventually fall through, and the next move for Jenny is oh, yeah, Stephen's but imagine, got a bit of cash now. Imagine if Henry became like the landlord and Jenny was the manager and Henry's just telling her what to do all the time. That'd be so cool. That would be brilliant. She'd hate that. Tell you what, they've got a shipping name already. Jenry. Jenry. <laughs> <sighs> um, so, Friday's episode, Jenny's doing our sums first thing. This was a bit of a stressful time for us, wasn't it, this afternoon when we were, sorry, this evening when we were watching this, because we we got into the living room just in time to switch Coronation Street on, and the flipping BT TV box decides to break down on us, and it was showing all channels, but black on ITV. So we were going, no, we need to watch it, Henry's going to be back in tonight, we need to see his return live. Michael was really keen that we watched this live. Yeah, so I wanted to tweet out, hooray, live. And then, so we had to get it loaded up on the laptop screen, but anyway, we missed this scene. Now to go back to it. Not that you care about that. But anyway, she's doing her sums, looking worried in the back room. She's like, I've got no choices. I'm going to have to put the prices up. Um, apparently, Stephen has put a tiger in her tank with his little pep talk yesterday. What is that? Is that a say? Did you come? Was that on the show? That was on the show. Uh... Isn't that? I think that that's like an old SO slogan. Oh. I think it might be. Marketing. I'm going to say. Shouldn't encourage SO because they were the ones that killed the planet. Were they? Oh, yeah, because they're a petrol company. Oh. Not just them. Everyone else. BP as well. Gulf. All of them. Anyway, um, she says... Allegedly, don't sue me. (laughs) She says, sorry, Glenda, I'm going to have to put your rent up to buy a tenner a week. And Glenda's like, oh, you know, I can can manage a tenner a week. That's fine. Um, Gary and Kurt come back into the pub later Jenny, Gary's still clearly sore about the whole pie incident yesterday. What and, pie? Oh, no, the, sorry, the hot pot incident. Not I've written pie here, but it was a hot pot. Um, and Jenny says, look, sorry about that. And actually, I'm going to have to start charging you more for your booze as well. I don't understand well. this. Everything's gone up, Gary. Get over it. Well, they Everything's even bring up, gone up. Kirk brings up the fact that there was something in his furniture shop. And I still think it's bizarre that Gary is still in charge of that furniture shop. I know. Like, he he expected that when ruse. he came into this It was show. all a ruse. So he could... He could um... <laughs> Money laundering, yeah. McNeil and stuff. I was like, money wash. What's it called? Money wash. <laughs> I just like, I, what does Gary do all day? Does he really have lots of customers? Or does he just sit around on some antique sofa all day with his feet up? Going, this this toast is £10. I, 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 do, I don't get, I don't get his position there. Anyway, he's, even though Kirk points out that he also puts his prices up, Gary's like, yeah, but... They've got no sympathy booze, today. 
that's another matter entirely. That should always be cheap. Even hasn't Roy put his price up in his, yeah. on his chalkboard recently in the cafe? Everything's They're all feeling gone the pinch. Um, so Gemma, so the, this, this is the this is the Henry part of the storyline. So it does move away from Jenny slightly, but they are clearly going to be intertwined. Mm-hmm. Gemma is over at number five, telling Chesney that she's got some promo work with Newton and Ridley today. Now, we saw her two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, maybe, um, on the phone to Henry about getting some extra, um, getting some work because Jenny had told her that he had some jobs going. Um, but today is going to be her first day. Chen Chesney's understandably not too chuffed about this because he thinks that she's going to get involved with her ex Henry again. She's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm never, in, I'm not going to see him. He's not involved. Chesney's fairly reassured, um, but he still worries that this is going to be a bit more pressure on her, and she's already you know, having a few mental health issues. She says, no, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. It's going to, you know, it's just the odd thing here and there. By the way, a brewery are sending a car for me later, so you don't need to drive me in. Back to the Rovers. Glenda's there with Jenny, helping her with ideas at the back, and they've come up with... I don't know whether it was at this point, it was early on, they decide that a darts tournament is going to save the whole pub. But um, Sean waltzes in, um, annoyed that his shifts have been halved. So Jenny then has to announce to Glenda, who has been supporting her up to this point, oh yeah, I've had to cut some of your shifts as well. Well, I'm cutting corners everywhere here, and Glenda is not happy with it. She's been not as understanding. No, she's been very understanding up to this point, but this is really the final straw, especially with her rent going up and everything. And uh, yeah, Jenny's like, sorry, I've got no choice. Then we have... <laughs> Henry is back. Henry Newton. Hooray. Yay! I know that... Not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be as joyous as we are, but I don't care. Bloody Henry, brilliant. Henry's Henry back. Newton is Henry's back. back. We we did it. Yeah, we, high did, five. we did it. We did it. We had <laughs> to bring back Henry for the past five years. We knew if we well said it. it. If we said it enough, we knew it happened. Who do you want us to get back? Yeah, next. tell us what you want. We'll should we, just, should we try it? Mavis after the old Mavis? Um... <laughs> Mavis. Um, anyway, we can talk. To, we can gush more about that later. Let's talk about the story. Basically. Um, Jenny, Gemma's there um, on the corner of Victoria Street. Henry drives up in his swish car. He's like, "What's been going on in Gemma world lately?" And she, <laughs> she, he gets in. She gets into the car with him, and he drives her off to do some cider Henry. promotions. Yeah, today. cider. Um, <laughs> so um, back in the Rovers, what's the cider called? Tell I, me what the cider's called. I don't. I don't know whether that Pom Delight was supposed to be um, a Newton and Ridley brewed. Um, no, I don't know, but I want them to, sure. to come up with something. Okay, you can you taste test it. Mm, you? Didn't we? Mm, interesting. I've just had a memory. Carry on. You tell me later then. Um, so, um, Sean, Gary, Ed, and everybody are in the cafe later, fuming about this whole Rover situation. And Gary says, "Right, it's time we form." I can't believe that Gary, who has done very, next to nothing on the program for the past six months, he's finally like, "Right, I'm going to stick been fairly my docile." But now this is this is the last straw. We're um, going to fight back. Rolls me up now. So we find out later what it is. Uh, first, though, we have Glenda telling Jenny she's moving out. She's very stiff, um, sniffy about this whole um, 
rent increase, uh, shift decrease kind of thing. And um, by the way, nobody's turned up for your darts night either. Good luck, love. She swans off. Uh, also tells her that the lights out the back in the smoking area are malfunctioning too. So Jenny goes out to check on them um, and she overhears the menfolk playing darts in one of the neighbouring yards. Should be illegal to congregate outside of a pub. It's fine now. COVID's over. Oh. She. So who was it? It was... It was, it was Sean, Sean, Ed, George. Gary. Yeah. Kirk was there as well. Yeah. Was that it? Maybe that was it. I can't remember whose yard they were in. Was it Ed's. number three? Was it Ed's? Very nicely done. I, I think that was a new yard set. That They've was got new. some lovely purple um, yeah. seating area. Well, Very pleasant. Very nice. But um, so Jenny kind of overhears them and she's like, she's fuming. Yeah. She goes sneak, well, not particularly sneaking. And I'm, I'm glad that she did confront them angrily and she yes she was holding back the tears a little bit but she she storms in there and says oh yeah fine you're doing your own darts tournament are you you go ahead with it save your pennies all you want but you'll miss the rovers when it's gone and that's when her voice starts to warble a little bit but yeah good good on you for telling them girl so um she goes back to the (laughs) pub later surveying her one and only customer that's sitting there at the moment and if you know if things weren't looking dire already who's the one and only customer but it's old Ches Miserables isn't it Hmm. Chesney there he's obviously annoyed oh I forgot to mention that he saw Gemma getting into Henry's car so he thinks that you know, he he obviously knows that Gemma's lying to him about this, so he's miserable. Uh, he's miserable. As usual. Uh, but yeah, I can't. Uh, Daisy says something um, along those lines, it's like like how she said what we were all thinking when Leo got killed, and she's like, he's a bit boring, though, isn't he? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Chesney, he's the most he is the most dull character on the street, isn't it's he? Almost worse um, than him. So J- Jenny tries to. Uh, congratulate uh, Chesney on Gemma's new job not realising what she's actually saying here uh, he's not in the mood to talk though so she goes back to Daisy and says I, I don't know what I'm going to do I've kept my prices down as long as I've been able to I want to be the life and soul of the community here and we are literally weeks away from closing down and this was a, a bit shocking because nobody knew it was that dire no <laughs> has has ramped up somewhat hasn't yeah. it Jen, Daisy says that don't worry we're going to we're going to solve this things are going to be okay Jenny says no we, we need a magician we need I I don't know what we're going to do. No way to solve this. Um, Later on, we we go back to the darts players and it looks like they're feeling a little bit guilty about about this, but Gary's not. George is starting to get worried about the Rovers because apparently the flying horse is on its last legs. They do do a little name check of some of the other local pubs, don't they? And two of them, I can't remember who they mentioned, have closed down. Flying horse... Getting a bit worried about that because at least we get to see the Rovers as it's going through its tumultuous times flying horse could have seen it for the last time oh the way the arms is okay yeah me too um anyway gary's Gary's like no don't worry the rovers is still going to be here it's been here 100 years it's going to be here in 100 years time it'll be okay um back to the end of the working day when Gemma returns to the street in henry's car um he's like really chuffed about what a great job she did um natural saleswoman apparently and he's looking forward to working with her again next week hmm um, Sean shows back up at the Rovers after his darting afternoon. Um, Jenny, has Jenny, a go at him. Jenny has a go at him for what he's done. 
um, how the Rovers is really close to closing. Glenda overhears this too. And Daisy's like, look, guys, we, we need to do something. And suddenly they're all back on board again. Yeah, I thought that this was a little bit clunkily done. The fact that Glenda was flouting... Um, flaun- flouncing off. Flouncing. No, flouncing, flouting, farting, flouncing <laughs> off earlier in the episode. And so was Sean. They're basically saying, we're not having anything to do with you we anymore. We don't care. And as soon as they hear that the Rovers is close to closing, like, they're like, I'd like a job, right, guys, please. let's get our heads together. I, I, I don't know whether it needed... That, um, well, okay. but anyway, it happened. They're back together again now. The team, the team are there putting their heads together. Uh, yeah, Jenny's like, well, I could get a loan, but you know, that's only gonna be plastering over the cracks. Daisy has a final solution. Why don't you sell to Newton and Ridley? Just like Owen said. I was expecting at this point Jenny to say, yeah, you know, right, maybe I do, but she still thinks it's a terrible idea and needs a little bit more persuasion from Daisy, um, who says, look, Johnny. Um, wouldn't have thought you'd failed, you know, you, you've done your best, but you know, if there's one more chance for another roll of the dice, maybe you should go for it. And Jenny's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'm going to phone up Philip Newton, so that's Henry's dad, and he's the he's the, the big cheese at the brewery. Um, I've got his mobile number, I'll just go and float the idea past him, see what he thinks. Comes back off the phone later, and he's not been too positive about it. And what did they say? He's... Well, I don't he, know. I they said he, he's only interested in. Oh yeah, I didn't get what it was. She said a the word. Time, the Rovers. I don't she know. She said she said something that was a technical term that I had not. They didn't explain. It's probably pubs that are doing well. I don't know. Jen, Jenny's not been clear to Philip that they're in dire straits at the moment. Well, uh, yeah. But he has said he's going to come in and have a look round on Monday anyway, presumably, hopefully, with Henry. Um, Chen Chesney, meanwhile, is asking Gemma how her day was. He knows exactly what she's been up to, um, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I had, a, I had a great day. It was it was lovely. I you know made a nice change of pace to the usual um, washing and ironing and cooking and mopping up sick and everything." And Chesney's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm not more interesting." Oh, he's such an absolute now turd. He's, now he's apologising for not being. No, more he's interesting such a turd. He's like, "Oh, sorry, you don't find caring for my five children a thrilling engagement." <laughs> Chesney, you wouldn't know because you're not even here. You didn't even know that they were using food banks. I think he he did he did see him holding idiot. a washing basket at one point. He's mad because he's tidying while she's off to work. <laughs> once he's such an obnoxious little turd he tries he's trying to do a bit of fishing here for um information about henry he's like so did you did you see anybody that you knew there but she's not biting so he tells her outright i saw you getting into this guy's car what the hell you said that you weren't having anything to do with him he's your ex how dare you she says we need money chesney wherever it comes from but i promise I promise, I no more secrets, that I'll never see Henry again. Mm. Um, back at the Rovers, we have the final scene of the episode where the brainstorm is still going on. They're trying to think, how are we going to get punters in on Monday? We need to show Philip um, that the Rovers is a viable option here, that is somewhere that he wants to buy. Um, Glenda says, oh, I'm going to put on a 
on the show. I'm going to belt out a few tunes. Daisy's going to do the promotion on her socials. Sean, I can't remember what they agreed that Sean would do, but they made a joke out of the fact that he's fairly useless. Uh, Jenny's Oh, hopeful. he said he was going to bring everyone at number 11. Oh, yeah, he did. That was it? a really funny joke. <laughs> Jenny's hopeful, but still not really confident. And the last line of the episode is, Monday night, we're going to be pulling pints in the last chance saloon. That was great. I love that. Great. What a great story. Really, really great story. I am I'm absolutely thrilled that this story... I mean, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm not in the slightest bit worried that Jenny isn't going to be the landlady. Maybe, you know, maybe I should be. It's, it's going to happen one day that she's not the landlady, but I don't feel that this storyline is going to be it. So I'm enjoying the ride at the moment. I... But... Well, I just thought it was really funny at the end where they were like, why don't we use our skills to try to get out of this problem? We could get Daisy to use her promotion. Like, oh my God, you guys, please don't tell me that this is a new idea. What are you doing? <laughs> well, they were talking a few weeks ago, weren't they, about um, Daisy was trying to get um, Gemma, sorry, Daisy was trying to get Jenny to sign the Rovers up to social media accounts and Jenny didn't want it. Well, now she's got to change the tune, yeah, hasn't she? Yeah, you, you might not be in this situation, Jenny, if you'd signed up for an X account. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They can, they, you could be like, Monday special, Uber Dubers, two for one. <laughs> they could be back on the menu before you yeah. know it. So, um, the, the Henry Speaking stuff. of which. Speaking, oh my gosh. Hooray, Henry's back. Right, we, we've, we... we've already, you know, off microphone... <laughs> talked about how thrilled and everything we are. So we what what you're hearing from us tonight is not anywhere close to our initial reactions to Henry being back and, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I I we we have been asking for it for years and I, I don't believe that you know I don't know we we have been hashtagging bring back Henry. Other people have been hashtagging Bring Back Henry. Some of the cast have been hashtagging Bring Back Henry. Not on a regular basis. I'd like to think that maybe, maybe, we're in some small way instrumental in bringing him back. But, you know, probably had had absolutely nothing to do with it. But I don't care. I am just mega, mega happy that he's back. Um, I put I, even so much so that we made a little video that we put out on our socials tonight of a who's Henry Newton, a, a sixty second short about his here's who he is and what this he's been up to history. so far, um, which you can go and see for yourself. But basically, yeah. if you yeah. have if you weren't around five years ago, Henry Newton is the son of Philip Newton, so he's you know, the heir to the Newton and Ridley empire. Um, he meets Gemma at a party in late 2017. They hit it off, but it turns out that Henry's actually stringing her along because he's involved in a bet to see who can stay in a relationship the longest with somebody that he finds unattractive. So he's definitely <laughs> a nasty piece of work, isn't he, at first? Well, he kind of always is. The whole, the he's whole of his story, bit, he's a bit right. of a cad and a scoundrel, but we just got a soft spot for I, him. He's so incredibly charismatic that even though he is a villain, I still don't think of him as being a villain. No, well. I know, I can't. And, and also, he ends up falling for Gemma. Yeah. He, he you know, she, she's... She, she is actually a, a, a lovely person. She's just a bit gross. And he finds this, this whole, you know, princess... Um, what is it? The princess and the... Prince. What are you talking I about? don't know what I'm thinking of. The, it's the, chalk and cheese, isn't it? The chap and the charm. It's, it's, the, it's the prince and the pauper. Yeah. It's, it's um, He's he, a fish he, out of water in, in the world of Coronation Street because he's a posho. He's grown up knowing nothing of this kind of life and he actually quite appreciates it. So he falls in love with Gemma but when she discovers about the bet she dumps him. 
Then he doesn't come back for another six months or so, maybe a bit less than that. He buys the pub, so, you know, the whole thing of... This was just before Jenny and Johnny bought the Rovers, wasn't it? And it looked like Henry was going to buy it first because he wanted to woo Gemma back by saying, look, both of us can move into this pub together. Yeah. But that lasts for about a week. There was like a week. week where Gemma and... Henry were in charge of the Rovers and it was absolute chaos. Yeah. It was just a trial run because he never actually buys it because he hasn't got the money because he is um, trapped in this engagement to somebody called Cressida who, you know, we still he, don't know he whether he, he... did. Yeah, he did marry her. We find that out after he's left. But oh. is he still married to her? Good question. Who knows? Hopefully not. Uh, I, I don't need that to be Do another wrinkle kids? in this. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um... And, and yeah, so it was basically, one of them a tiny toy dinosaur. He, he um, tries to scam. Nice. He tries to scam money off Rita and Jenny to try and get the pub. It's found out that he's a, 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 a liar a massive and a cad. scammer. And um, Jenny, oh sorry, Gemma and Chesney get him sent away by a bunch of thugs to get his collarbone broken. And that's the last we saw of him. And it felt like it was a bit of a bad ending for him the first time, didn't it? Because he was literally carted away in the back of a car to get beaten to a pulp. And we were supposed to be happy. Yeah. And it was Chesney that did it, and Chesney is the most boring character in the world. And I was so furious. The fact that Henry... You're right, Henry absolutely won us over by his charms. It is such a charismatic performance that it just... It didn't sit right with us, that that was the last we'd seen of him. The other thing is about him is that he's such a unique character... Because there was nobody else on the street who was like a posho. I just really love it when poshos come onto the street. I do They're as like well. a little rarity, aren't they? It's like, You've got yeah, Lillian it's like Martha Spencer. and got, yeah. yeah. And um, Yvette just recently. Yeah. Um, They're just funny because, and, and Cronish Street always hates them. They're always like, look at these people. Yeah. Look at these Fern posh Fern last year as people. well. Yeah. Um, they're, never, they're never shown in a good light. Honestly, I think he is one of the best characters that's been brought into Coronation Street in the last 10 years. I absolutely loved him. And it was, he, he only got like 35, 40 episodes maybe in his first stint. Um, and it just didn't feel like it was enough. And we've been. And he is a significant character, that's the other thing. Um, maybe not in the, you know, the families of, of Coronation Street as a core group, but he is a Newton. The New- Newton and Ridley have been part of Coronation Street's history since the very beginning of the show. So there's always a chance that they could have brought him back, which is why we were so insistent. Mm, yeah. and, and as long as Gemma and, and you know, he's got links to, to Jenny and Rita and Chesney and Gemma. And as long as there's a Rovers as well, there's always a chance that mm. Henry could have come back, which is why we were like, bring Henry back. Hashtag bring back Henry. Well, also, obviously, the fact that we have made friends with George Banks, a... who plays Henry off screen as might well. Might be a bit of an ulterior. <laughs> and I know he's going to be listening to this as well, so hello, George. <laughs> We're doing a good enough job for this one. Um, but he is a really, really top he's guy. Nice. He's, a, um, he's, he's such a really... I love him. He's, he's a fantastic he's friend really of nice mine guy. now. Such a great guy, and I'm really, really thrilled for him that he's got a part back in yes. Coronation Street again. And I do want to talk a little bit about how we found out that he was coming back into it as well, because the news broke online. Well, the rumours started online, um, I'm going to say the 4th of July. It was a month ago today, um, and that was when... Um, <laughs> the, the reports came in the paper that Gemma would be 
thinking of talking to yeah, Henry. Yeah, that's what happened. It was it was the TV week, Times. The TV Times article synopsis. saying Jenny suggests to Gemma that she contact Henry, and then from that everyone's like, "Oh, Henry's back! Henry's back!" But at that time, there, was there wasn't concerned. any evidence that Henry was coming back. But we knew that he was coming back. <laughs> but we had literally only known for two days since my birthday. If you remember back to then, <laughs> I talked about among the many um, lovely Corrie themed presents that I had to open that day, there was also a massive birthday card that um, Gemma and Sally and Matthews had worked together to get some of the cast to sign. So cut back to me opening this birthday card on the, on the Sunday morning, reading through all these little messages, trying to decipher the, sign- the signatures, I get to the bottom right, <laughs> as you would... And then there was one there that said, I can't remember what it was. Happy birthday, Michael. Hope you're enjoying saying hi, saving Saving Hyrule, which is a link, a reference to the Zelda game that I was playing. And it said, from George. (laughs) Who's the George on the cast? (laughs) Is this? And I couldn't like. You're being so stupid. I was like, I was like going, has Sal got, has Sal sent this card to George? To get him to sign it. Because we... Yeah. That's... I don't... <laughs> I just couldn't piece it together because... It's so obvious. I kind of had hoped... It's so ridiculously obvious. I thought and wondered and hoped that if he were ever to get offered a job back on Corrie, he'd tell me straight away that he didn't. He kept Secretive it a secret. So that I would find out by looking in the card. And I was like texting him. <laughs> hey, what's this? Is this you? Or is this <laughs> no, another George? Do you know what... Do you, how did I know what I did? Do you remember? I was like, that's that's George. That's George. Of course it's George. That must be George. That's George. And then I went and I found when he was in Pride and Prejudice, he gave us the programme because he played Mr. Darcy. Yeah. And I found the programme and I matched this. I was like, look, this is his writing where he wrote George and this is him writing George in the card. It's the same handwriting as him. We messaged, I think I messaged Sal and um, and, and Georgia and Charlie as well and saying, what is that? And neither of them said <laughs> They're like, oh, I was messaging Georgia saying, is this you? And he was like, and in his first reply to me, he was like, well, before we talk about that, how's your birthday been? I was like, no. okay, whatever. And then eventually said, yeah, it's me, I'm back. He, he, he's like, I didn't know how to tell you really. He, there was originally wanted to leave it until the episode aired for me to find out then. And I'm really, really glad that he didn't do that. Because it's not possible w- to keep it a secret. No, you know, it, unless- it would have come out. I mean, even this morning I saw um, something about he's coming out on it tonight. So it, People, it, it the would thing not is, have been a surprise on the day. Unless the Coronation so I'm really Street... I found out how I did. It was brilliant. Unless Coronation Street was keeping it a secret on purpose, there's no way that it wouldn't have been leaked because Corey likes to promote things mm. and it would have been in a preview. And people, yeah. as it was, as soon as they found out... This I this TV Times synopsis that mentioned his name, not even his, not even the character coming back. People were messaging us, going, "Oh, Henry's going to come back," and we had to be like, "I know, I don't know." Sorry if that's to all true. to all the people that messaged me saying, "What do you think of this news?" And I was like, oh, "I can't really confirm anything at the moment, but I do know." Um, well, you didn't say that. Did I, you? No, I, I no, I, I, I was like, mm, "Yes." Wouldn't that be good? That'd be good if that was true. Um, So anyway, I am beyond thrilled. And and I've spoken to him a few times since then. I was talking to him on the phone for an hour the other week and we we talked various things. He's been very good about not spoiling things for me. All of our Corrie friends know that not to say what they're Yeah, I I know next to nothing about where this story is going to go, honestly. 
Um, and I'm just so, so, so happy that I <laughs> get a, a chance to watch it. And see the funny thing is that when the card came, it came, obviously came a bit before your birthday, and it came, and I just like opened it, yet yeah, cool, and I put closed it back up because yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you didn't it, even read. All I them. didn't read it because I was like, I want to read this with Michael, and when, when it's his birthday, to see who who signed it. I don't want to don't wanna spoil it or like because it's not my present; it's your present. So I felt like no, I shouldn't look yeah, at it. You could have found could out have known, could days have, before I did. Could have sold that story to the sun or something, couldn't I? Good, good, mm. you didn't. Very, very good. Anyway, what it was a, fun a very story, fun way is. of finding out. And happy birthday! That was that was like that the was best. Like the that was the best thing. That was uh, and yeah, again. I, I was already having a lovely birthday, yeah. but that really was the uh, the cherry thanks on top. Thanks to everybody that signed that card because that was just such a fun. That was so great. Oh man! Anyway, anyway, enough about this. So, what what do we want from this story? Because it seems like you know we we've merged these storylines together for tonight's podcast because. Obviously, Philip Newton is going to be coming round to the Rovers on Monday. It can be no coincidence that Henry has just turned up, so presumably he's going to be there as well. And these well, stories I hope that are going we to... get to see uh, Philip, you know, and and I well, can we're not, imagine not going there's to see him. Going to be what if if they've if they've said he's coming on Monday night and we're going to yeah, put but, on this big thing? Okay, can I say Coronation Street is just as likely to go. Uh, we've arranged all this stuff, but it, he's stuck on the ring road and he won't be here till after closing time. Mm. You know, that's the sort of So thing. they've sent Henry instead? Yeah. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, Hem- uh, Philip Newton has appeared in it before. He was um, in it. I think he was in it um, on Bet's second go at a comeback in, really? in 2003. So, well, the yeah. character's established. Because Bet was going to marry... Cecil Newton, which is Henry's granddad, and I think Philip was around in it then, and you know, presumably not got the same actor. I don't know. We will see if he's in it on Monday. But um, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I what just what what do do you want an affair? No, the the, the, the no, because you would get mad at me. <laughs> do you want a Gemma and Henry affair? No, because this is what everyone's saying. Oh, it's probably just going to be another affair story. I, I, I will. I'm just going to let the Rovers thing maybe take its course. Of course, I would love to see Henry in charge of the Rovers. I do not see him um, long term being the the Rovers owner. And he, even it wouldn't be him anyway, would it? It's his father's company that would be owning the Rovers. Um, but I'm just glad that there will be some interactions, presumably, with him in the Rovers. But as for the Gemma thing, I'm a, I'm a little bit cautious about the that. The thing is, Chesney, such a wet blanket, I cannot understand their investment in this character. Are we supposed to care about him? He's such a useless article. I've not, I think he's the most freeloading character on the whole show. Does anyone like this character? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. Sam Aston's great. I feel he's been in the show for so long. This is a legacy character. We should I've got like him a lot much more. Much respect for Sam Aston. He's a miserable idiot. He he spends all of his time complaining about every single thing that Gemma does to to help the family keep together. He seems to think that using a tea towel and dishing up fish fingers and working a normal shift at, at a normal, you know, in a, like everybody else on the street does this. They go to work and they come back home. But for some reason, Chesney seems to think that that's like the best thing in the world and he's the greatest provider of all time and and Gemma's, I don't know, he's such a useless ass. But have they made him particularly useless in recent times in order for us to say, well, yeah, maybe Gemma should have it off with Henry. 
and and that's you know like a bit like you know Adam working too hard so that maybe Sarah's got some excuse for okay. dropping her drawers for the local scally. My main reason why I don't want Gemma and Henry to have an affair is because I know that Coronation Street will twist it and make it so it's the so that Henry and and Gemma are are wrong and Chesney's the the sad tragic hero and everyone feels sorry for on, Henry I know, uh, for, for Chesney. Chesney. If I thought that they would bring back Henry, keep him as the main character. Get rid, get Chesney out of there, and have Gemma and Henry um, be a couple and stay in the show. Then I would be a hundred percent for it. But what I'm thinking is, if Henry and Gemma have an affair, then he Henry's gonna go run off with his tail between his legs before we've even known that he's come back. Yeah, the the thing is, like, I much 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 prefer the idea of Gemma and Henry together than Gemma and Chesney, but I don't want there to be another breakdown in marriage. I don't think it's likely so close to the Sarah and Adam thing anyway. No. So uh, I would hope that Gemma would have the the strength of character not to be lured by Henry's charms. You talk a lot about, about um, you know, saying that women, all these women are, are awful because they run off or they should resist the charms or whatever. But you never seem to, like, say the men should put a bit more effort into their relationships and actually care about their... No, he should. He well, should. But if, you know, if Henry... I, I think, you know, as we said... I we, don't think Chesney would notice if Gemma had an affair, except if the children were crying a bit more than they normally do. <laughs> I think that... I'll be very interested to find out what the status is with Henry and, and Cressida presumably we'll know that next week because it's a fairly important bit of information. But whether he's still together or not with her, um, yeah, I, 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 there's there's so much more they could do with, with that. There could be some really funny scenes with her at work with him and maybe it's they have to solve something together or... You know, she's instrumental like in help. You know, you know, there's you know, there's some problem that Henry has with his promotions at work and, and Gemma's got a solution that he never would have thought of because He's too you need posh. you need a yeah you need yeah. a real common child like, mind. Do you know what I always find? If you have a problem with that, you just shove a finger in it and it fixes it immediately. Maybe. And he'll and be like, My God, a fish what? I think it, Fishes don't have fingers. It could be more that because he- Chem- Chesney clearly is already very, very cautious and suspicious. And yeah, he should be. Gemma is lying to him about <laughs> Henry. She's already said to him, I'm not going to see him again. But we know that she is going to be seeing him she's next week with liar. some promotion. So he's going to think that she's having an affair, but he's not. And that that could that could be dull. It is a little bit cliche, maybe. But the fact that it's... Gemma and, Ches- uh, Gemma and Henry still make me want to watch it. I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of creativity for what this could be. I don't want to think really, about it really because I just want to enjoy it happening. It was so much fun, their interactions last time. <sighs> I, I hope that they have kept him as likeable and roguish and... Um... <laughs> He's charming. Yeah, yeah. Buffoony and charming, and that's how we like people. Yeah. The only way I can, he could go up in my estimation is if he starts killing people. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be so great. Anyway, um, I'm I have I'm, what? I'm just I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about this I next week when we've seen more than two scenes of him. Good feelings about this storyline. Sal is great. 
um, in this as Jenny. I'm excited for more opportunities for her to take centre stage. Like, she deserves to be as landlady of the Rovers. Hello. Yes. And, yes, um, yes. Uh, just don't have Chesney in it anymore. <laughs> I think we can't. I think we can't avoid Chesney. If, if we're going to have this, we got to accept that Ugh. Chesney is going to be in some scenes Ugh. over the next few weeks. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to say before we moved on, I appreciated the um, shout. I, uh, the, the, the shout out. outs to um, the call out shout out to Daisy hating Johnny <laughs> yeah, like, when she first came funny. into it because they, I, mean, I, I mentioned it in the cow. Ryan story, the whole uh, Johnny tribute drinks thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's there saying, oh, I didn't really appreciate him when I first came in. And yeah, you didn't because we hated you back then. Um, I don't remember what I think. And also, I also wanted to mention, we saw the fourth wall in the Rover's back room today. Yeah, and there we? was a book about 1982. Was that? I didn't That's see true. that. I was just, there was a mirror. Jenny was looking at a mirror there, and it's like we never ever ever see that. No. And now we have. Now we so have. It's like seeing the rovers upstairs earlier this year. What a More day. of it exists. What, what a day. day. <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh, fantastic, fantastic Great. stuff. Right onto the Bernie Orb session story, which was probably right up your this street as great. well. This great. I love this. I do lo- like. Oh, I'm everybody... gonna say I thought it was right. a little bit stello. What do you mean? I I did I did, I didn't really. I enjoyed this. Much for it, but it did what have a lovely scene with Bernie and what Paul. Do, what do you mean? You... Oh, the whole thing about, oh, was it Sunita? Anyway, you... But the story was, I thought was good. It turned out to be good in the end, but I just just thought that Bernie was being massively, massively insensitive yeah, <laughs> during was. that meal on Monday. Um, that, but that's why I liked it, because they talked about it later. Go on, um, what happened? So I'm just going to tell everybody here... You know I like ghosties and supernatural stuff and all that kind of thing. Orbs, let's not be silly. They're not real, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They have been debunked by most um, experts on the afterlife. So wasn't really thinking it was actually Sanuta's ghost here. No. But uh, I enjoyed the story anyway. I mean, they did get... um... I can't remember his name, Graham Watts' face, to come back and play the voice of John Stape earlier this year, didn't they? So they could have got Chauvener back in to do well, a bit of a... It's her birthday as well, so, Yeah, exactly. Right, so on Monday, the Allahans are... Last uh, week, Dev remembered he'd missed his wife's 10-year death anniversary, so they decided to talk about Nita's life and celebrate the things that made her uh, such a wonderful mum, which includes making pumpkin curry <laughs> so they they make a remembrance meal and they're talking about their memories and dev gives the twins ingredients for this curry but they have to use butternut squash because pumpkin is not in season yeah he sends them off home to make it themselves doesn't he yes and asha comes to the cafe to borrow cumin apparently she's already made the curry so there was a story about what they happened started to the making cumin it. I don't you know. put the spices in at the beginning okay um so Asha, Asha, really it's just there so they can talk and invite Paul so they can talk about spooky stuff and the afterlife. Like I asked them to last week and they listened to me and they went back in time and they did this storyline. Um, so if you believe in time travel, then what's orbs <laughs> to add to that? 
Asha's looking through the pictures because they take a photo of themselves making this curry. Yeah. And the picture. Nina's, Nina's got them as well. Isn't Nina's she? printed it out, or Asha has. And um, there's. I they've got look, just looking it doesn't on even matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. even matter. She looks at the picture. They're both standing there with their little cat aprons on, being proud of cooking. And between one of them is a funny little mark. And as soon as I saw it, I went to you, that's an orb. <laughs> Didn't I? Do you remember? You, did, you were absolutely right. Exactly. So over dinner, um, this is when, again, another thing that I mentioned yesterday after this had already been on air. Um, Dev's saying to Ardy, did you get Asha her bracelet back? And Asha's like, um, oh yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thanks for that. And uh, Nina looked a bit suspicious. So those three have got some kind of pending conversation to take yeah, place that about this been bracelet. Yeah, put on the back burner for a while though, hasn't it? Bernie um, looks at the photo that Nina's printed out and she says... That is not a mark. That is an orb. In fact, some people might even say that is a spirit. And Deb is saying, look, we're we're not getting into superstitious things now, please. Can you just stop talking about it? And he puts the photo back. Bernie puts the photo back. Now, um, after the meal, Bernie is still banging on about these orbs. And and Deb's not buying it. And um... (laughs) he's kind of humouring her for a bit, but he's kind of saying now's not the time to pretend that my dead wife and these children's mother is here floating about. Please stop. But she's not getting their hint. And then Ardy's like looking about like he thinks his mum's watched him shag Courtney on the sofa. And he says, do dead people really hang around watching everything? And that's like, don't be stupid. And Demi's like, look, if it is a ghost, it's your dead mum. <laughs> and Deb says, this is not some kind of tin pot seance. And Bernie gets all embarrassed and, and leaves. And then she goes home to talk to Paul, who was present at this meal as well. And Bernie starts trying to get him to think about the afterlife and will there be something after he dies. And Paul's like, that would be great, but I don't think there is uh, anything I can believe in that happens after you die. Bernie goes back to number seven and apologises to Dev and says, I'm sorry if I was a bit disrespectful. And he accepts her apology and they have a kiss. But before he goes for, they go up for a bath and she follows him. And before she goes up the stairs, she moves the photo of the twins to face Sunita before she goes up. It seemed to be like just a nice little sweet thing to do. I thought she was going, look at each other. So did I, but But she wasn't. She was being a bit manipulative here because on Wednesday, when Ardy notices the picture of him and Asha have moved to face Sunita, he gets spooked, especially when Bernie says she didn't do it and nobody else says that they did it. He starts thinking that his mum's haunting him and moving photos (laughs) in his house. I do like his stories on this show, but... They're almost never really ghosts, are they? Not usually. <laughs> there are some real ghosts on the show. There are some canon real ghosts. Yeah, Jeff. Blackpool Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't real. In the cafe, Bernie is going on about how Sunita's restless spirit is moving through their, their home. And Dev's there and he's just getting fed up with this and he leaves. And then he finds Bernie later moving the photo again and realises that she's been doing this and he is furious. And she says, look, I'm, I'm sorry I, I'm doing this, but I just want Paul to believe in what I do and I want him to understand that there's, you know, a future beyond death. And and he's like, you can't use my dead wife and my kids to 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 trick your, your son into feeling better about dying. That's not on at all. And <laughs> Just not cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 
not golf and I've got a trophy for it here. Um, anyway, so Dev goes and sees Paul and he, he he's in quite a jovial mood, but he tells Paul exactly what's going on. Bernie and the photos. And he seems to be um, quite mature about this because he says, look, your mum's doing this because she is... Um, She's concerned. She... And please, can you comfort her by keeping an open mind about her beliefs? Yeah, she... Which I thought was really nice. Oh, yeah, no, I did. Give her a, give her a bit of peace of mind here. And, you know... You can say a lot of different things about this. You know, it's not his burden to make people okay with him being dead. But um, it was a nice kind of thing for Dev to look out for his girlfriend. Mm. In the pub later, <laughs> Paul kind of winds Bernie up a bit because he's like, "Oh, I can see a glow around you. It's like a, it's like a golden aura." And uh, and uh, oh, your where's your purse? Oh, I think the ghosts have moved it. And she's like, <laughs> "Shut up! I've been an asshole, you sucky git." And he says that I'll try. I'll try to have an open mind and understand your point of view a bit. And she's chuffed. But before we go on a bit more, I just want to say something here about Dev and his his beliefs because it didn't really come up that he and his family are Hindu and they believe in reincarnation. It seems. Do they? Do they? You know, I don't know how much they follow their how much they believe. I just don't like think any, very, just like anybody. Hindu. Just like anybody who has a religion, you don't necessarily buy 100% of everything and different people can be culturally a religion but not spiritually a religion. They've observed various ceremonies before. I don't know whether he was offended because she was talking about something outside of his belief system or if he was just like, this is insensitive because she's dead. I, I don't think that he's... I think he's pretty secular. But it would have been. He kind had a of... proper Hindu wedding, but that was more out of family tradition. I yeah, think. I know. But I would have liked to have him had him say, "We don't believe in that anyway." But I don't know if Hindus believe in ghosts. I because I don't know whether is there like a little waiting area where before you get reincarnated, you kind of can move so. photos around. I don't think and so. appear in pictures. <laughs> Um, on Friday... Just waiting for next week to say, well, but Dev says, well, nobody's asked me what I think. Actually, <laughs> I think Paul's going to come back as a... Yeah, what's he going to come back as? I don't know. Oh, he's got to be a good boy. Unicorn. Nice. Clearly. <laughs> um, on, yeah, Friday, Bernie Bernie is um, doing bell ringing and um, stroking his temples and doing some... She's doing various she rituals. A, she gave him a sound him bath, which I literally had never heard of, except earlier that that earlier today I was actually listening to a podcast um, like a supernatural one and somebody was calling in and they were like hi I'm a spiritual light healer and I was at a sound bath ceremony and I was like what the hell is this this is, <laughs> this is a bit crazy so it's just it's a real thing the sound bath sound gets blasted I don't know I don't know I don't know but I know that some people well for Paul it was lying down on a mat and having an incredibly loud cymbal crash blasted into his ears wasn't it Mm. a lot of these things have some kind of origin but in psychology you know and as i think humans just like having attention paid to us i'm, I'm kind of if it's glad somebody waving a crystal in your face or telling you you're pretty i think it still makes you happy you know i'm not going to say that bernie's beliefs line up completely with my own but i'm glad that <laughs> what they're showing her doing they've not just said what funny crazy thing can we make what her do they are actually basing it on yeah, yeah it's real stuff. She is ex- she's being portrayed as somewhat eccentric, which I think is fair um, because I think it is somewhat. I think even you know people that are into this stuff know that people find it eccentric, right. and I think that's a you know that's a polite way of describing <laughs> it. Whatever makes every you know this is 
what makes her happy and yeah. and it makes you we all just have to make do what makes us happy so she's uh, basically she's this all sorts. basically this leads to a very touching heart to heart between Bernie and Paul where he says I'm sorry I'm putting you through this um maybe maybe I I will be somewhere better off after I'm gone and and she says that you know that if I could take this from you I would but I I can't and and Paul says I know but I I never would have wanted anyone else to be my mum then she cries and says that he and Gemma were the best thing she ever did and he's so proud and she says whatever happens to your body your spirit is unbreakable and they just cry and it was was incredibly affecting and it just does show you the humanity within Everyone's belief systems, even if you think they're eccentric or weird or strange, everyone's just human and we're all trying to make sense of some incomprehensible truths about the reality of being a human, which is we're all going to die one day and nobody knows what's going to happen. And if you have peace and you feel like you know, then I think that that's a a thing that should be treasured and and we should let people believe it. Yeah, but do do you think that Bernie was right to try and almost force these beliefs no, on Paul and the others. No, of course others. I don't. No. Of course I don't. I've never said that at all about anything. I just... I think that's what wound me up the most about it at the beginning. It was a bit silly. As much as that had a happy ending. Yeah. The fact that she was being mega manipulative and honestly using using the twins' dead mum as a way to get a message through to her son, that was totally out of order and Dev was... Right to be mad. Yeah, he was right to be mad, but also good on him for not being mad for swallowing that and yeah and, and accepting. Well, he knows she's peace. in grief. You know, he's grieving his wife who died. She's grieving her son who's not dead but will be. Mm. So it's a very difficult situation. I, the only thing I'll say in Benny's defence is she genuinely does believe in this. She saw an orb in a photo, and she thinks. I think she genuinely thinks that's Sunita's spirit. This reminds me a little bit of... And so she did all the other stuff because she was just trying to add evidence. Yeah. Uh, This reminds me a little bit of when um, Norris saw the puff of smoke and thought it was Blanche. (laughs) What would would Bernie have said if she was there back then? Um, Interesting that we didn't get to see any of Billy this week. Because I'd be... Yeah. I wonder what he'd have thought of all of this. I don't think he would have approved. I don't think so, no. And... um, but Paul is still not really up for being baptised, is he? But he is willing to do this for his mum. So maybe the fact that he's going down this route and thinking, look, you know, it's not harming anyone. It's making mum happy. Maybe that's going to make him say, yeah, go okay. on. If it, if it makes you happy, Billy, I'll get baptised. And, well, I suppose that's just a nice thing to do, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've spoken... he's not making he's not making a mockery of his mum's belief, so I would hope that he also doesn't make a mockery of Billy's as well. Yep. Um, anything else? Nope. Let's move on then. Um, the stew storyline, which I don't have a whole lot to I'm say about. I'm having trouble with this one. What are you having trouble with? I'm just finding it all a bit silly. Which... I think they're all being a bit silly, aren't they? They're all a yes, bit old. Yes, mean this being very very silly. I mean. 
Bernie was being insensitive in her storyline, and Yasmin was just being utterly blind in this one. But also, Stu's being a bit petulant, I think. Yeah, they're all... Just being a bunch of silly asses. Yeah, I think they're just a bit frustrated that they're not getting very much screen time, and it's, <laughs> and it's coming out in the times that we do see them. Basically, it can probably be summed up fairly quickly... Um, we find out that Bridget, Eliza's mum, has been moved to a prison um, in the northeast, and Eliza's not happy about this because how am I going to be able to speak to my mum now? Um, my phone's got a cracked screen, so I can't video call her. I don't know. Um, so she decides that she wants to move, and Yasmin and Stu say, "No, we can't. Sorry." Um, and the rest of Monday's episode is just about Stu, Sam and Eliza going together to a climbing wall place and Eliza getting fed up that, um, she is, um, that, that, that Stu's being a bit of a granddad and a bit of a huffy puffy old man about it, isn't she? She doesn't like that she doesn't have proper parents. Why do I have to have my grandfather bring me up? Because your mum and your nan were murderers. Yeah. Um, but... That's really the long and short of it. At the end of the episode, um, she gets a tablet. Good. That was a bad move. That was a bad move. Well, it turns out that it was at the end, doesn't it? Never give children anything. Stu's given her a tablet so that she can FaceTime her mum in prison. Give her a Um, a hoop and a stick. So she spends most of Wednesday tapping around on this while the drama going on is Yasmin and Roy getting overexcited about some art exhibition. Is it, it wasn't no? an art no, exhibition. No, it wasn't an art exhibition. I've written down a few times it was, but it wasn't. It was an Ajax exhibition. Not the cleaning fluid he had pointed out to us a few times. Um, and Stu ends up making that mistake and feels embarrassed about was being joke. silly about it. Did what? he say it was a joke or was he just trying to... No, he was trying to save face. It out. He, he was like, why on earth would they put an yeah, uh, exhibition on about yeah, cleaning like products? And it's like, come on, Stu, you are pretty dumb. Right. Honestly, though, I can actually see them doing um, a proper hipster thing about... I would actually be interested if I went... Say I went to the Victorian Album Museum and they were like, here's a whole thing about Flash... And it was like all the adverts and the promotion and the packaging and, and everything and the formulas and how they developed it and everything. That might actually be an interesting 15 minutes. Oh, yes. A little social history thing about I like social history. Time. I like packaging. I like marketing. I love all that thing. All that kind of stuff. I've been to... I've actually been to museums about household products and about uh, how homes changed over the years. So him saying, why would you want to go to an exhibition about Ajax? I actually would rather go to an exhibition about Ajax, the cleaning product, than I would do about Ajax, the bloke who has a statue made of him once. <laughs> I've not actually looked into who Ajax actually was. Can you can you find out for us? Well, because there's only so do, much that we can get we through this. We do know that Ajax, of course, um, lots of things about him and his history. I don't his know history. who Ajax is. They probably said, but I wasn't very interested and, in that. Um, anyway. we, we wouldn't ever mistake him for the town in Ontario, obviously. Um <laughs> He was a mythological hero that we all know that. <laughs> on, um, read, read, he, read. he had an important role in the Trojan War, which I don't need to tell you. <laughs> it's all about a big horse. He was in Iliad with uh, Homer Simpson, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So some some Greek. He was dude. some Greek guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Roy and Yasmin go to this exhibition, then they come back saying, "Oh, it was brilliant. We've had a fab time." And Stu's a bit peed off that he's been left out because he's already don't feeling go to it. that he's. Um, being pushed away by Yasmin, like with all the pub quiz. Apparently um, he had a massive fight with a guy called Hector. I think we don't need to know anymore. Oh, all right, okay. So, 
Friday's episode, <laughs> Yasmin's still banging on about this Ajax, Ajax exhibition and saying, oh, it's reminded me in the if statues was... and everything. I used to be quite into art myself. If Ajax was that brilliant, there would be a superhero named after him or some kind of TV show. Or Ajax, man. Ajax, king of Greece or whatever. <laughs> Well, there isn't, is it? Fights Greece in your kitchen. Yeah. Maybe that was the slogan of Ajax. Maybe it was. Can you even buy it anymore? Maybe. Well, that's... I don't, anyway, anyway. She, as Yasmin, for whatever reason, has been inspired into doing a bit of art, getting her artwork down um, at the attic to show Roy... Um, Alia can see that Stu is not happy with Yasmin going on about how wonderful uh, her time with Roy has been. Um, and Stu says, you know, I think Yasmin's going off me, actually. And Alia's like, look, maybe you should take up Yasmin's offer. And when they go back to this exhibition, because it's clearly excellent and two days worth of Ajax show, go with her next time. So Stu finds Yasmin in speed dial later and says... I've I've heard what you said. I want to. Oh no, he doesn't. He he's been listening to her and he's booked her and him um, an art class, hasn't he? Jasmine, not listening at all to what he's really implying here, immediately assumes that Stu's bought her and Roy art class places. Why on earth you would think this? I don't know. I think this was a little bit sloppy plotting. Um, and she's like, goes and tells Alia, oh, me and Roy are going to go to an arts thing. Stu's so generous. He's been listening to me and seeing that I love art and now he's bought this for me and Roy. And Alia's like, no, you plonker. (laughs) He wanted him and you to go and do this together. He doesn't want you bumming around with Roy anymore and doing that sort of stuff. So Yasmin's like, oh yeah, that probably does make sense actually. So she scurries back to Speed Doll, tries to apologise for the mix-up, but Stu's like, well, you know... Yasmin, you go with Roy. He's a bit politer than that. But he's like, oh, I know it would have been well, wasted very on me, wouldn't he? Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be going to me. Yeah, go with Roy. Go, I don't care. So back at home, Yasmin starts to worry that Stu's unwittingly manipulating her and trying to estrange her from her friends, just like Jeff did. Oh, just and like as soon Jeff. as she brought out this, I was like, oh gosh, that. I, I know this it's, uh, again, it's one of these things that I know is probably realistic <laughs> and you're going to see signs of your your coercer. But... It's para- your paranoia and it's totally understandable. And it's not, you know, you've just seen Elaine do, Elaine oh, do yeah. the same thing with Stephen and she's actually but, right. But we ha- we've already had Yasmin thinking that Jeff's, uh, sorry, Stu is Jeff too. I didn't need that again. I but they did. Did, they didn't. They didn't really... Um, stick no, with that I think for too long. I think it was good because she raised the, the the question, and Alia told her that she was not right about that, and she Jude gave her a bit of a reality check. Yeah, well, she? I hope that she's listened to it. I think she has. So, I, as much as I wasn't really feeling that story for most of the week, I did appreciate the final few scenes when Stu yeah. gets back home from work, and Yasmin says, "Right, um, I'm going to choose my friends, and I." Uh, I'm friends with Roy but tonight I'm going to stay with you you are the person that I love and we're going to do some painting together we're going to do it here and you're going to be my nude model (laughs) and she's like now strip I love that and Stu's like brilliant starts whipping off his clothes must have been a bit boring after that point though because she's like right sit down I am actually going to paint you it's not a sexy joke well it is you know (laughs) it was was probably about as sexy as the, the Titanic scene paint me like one of your French girls I want you to paint me like one of your new, my Newcastle men. 
or mm. something. Anyway, I don't um, like the idea. Of it's it. all gone swimmingly later. Um, Jew's been painted in the nude, looking a little bit like a wrinkled suit. Eliza points that out when she happens to catch, catch a glimpse of it later. And um, anyway, they're all they're all snuggled up and happy together. And the the um, the breadcrumb that we're given for the actual development of this story is Eliza gets a call on her phone from a man called Dom. <gasps> yeah, who's this? And surprisingly, because I was expecting it to be Dom, and then she puts the phone down, and like that's the all that we get for this week. But we do get to see her go into the garden, speak to this guy who's in his what forties, I guess maybe. Um, clearly very dodgy sounding, but he's agreed to meet her in real life next week. Mm. So what's and going there was on there? Bit of a weird bit, wasn't it? Because I think she says something like, "You don't sound like you used to," or something. I can't remember whether she get... said that or. With... You didn't sound like I expected you, or yeah, something like that. I think I get the impression that she'd spoken to somebody else before, and this is a different guy that's pretending to be the same person because mm. he said, "Oh, I might look different when you see me next." Did her? I've only I just thought as done. well, mm. and I don't know whether this. Is, I wasn't paying mega attention to the story. Oh, I good. have to admit, she was speaking to Dom on her phone, wasn't she, and not her tablet? Yeah. Did her phone have a big crackdown like she said it was, and that's why she got a tablet? I don't remember her having one. Is she a big liar? Well, she just so, didn't it to get so what? So who is this Dom? Well, I mean, the obvious conclusion to jump to is that he's some internet pedo. He's an internet pedo, or is he a member of her family? It, yeah, exactly. Is I'd rather it was that. uncle, or... Because, you know, we've got Stu, who's her granddad. Her mum... His partner, who he they had the, the daughter with, she's Lucy. in prison. Lu- Lucy and her the mum. Who's the Lu- who was the Lu- dad? I always have to look up. So Lucy is. It doesn't matter the, which way around it is. Bridget and yeah. Lucy are the mum and the grandma. Yeah. Right. So that's that part of the family. But but who's the other grandparents of of the mum? Because that could be another connection. Who's the dad? Do we ever find out? Yeah, that's true. I can't remember. That could remember. be her dad. Oh, so maybe he, this is going to be a bit like the Faye and Tim story yes. where she's secretly contacting her dad. Or it could be her, her one of the people's in prison's brother. It could be her dad's brother. Mm. It, it, I, I, I'm suspicious it's a relation because I think we're being made to think it's a it's a naughty man. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and I, the I fact think that, that she, this has come out after she was upset about her mum and not being able to see her and, and you know, them being moved to a different prison makes me think that some development has happened where she's reaching out because she was complaining, I don't, you know, I don't want you as my family. Um, does she, has she been looking and seeking? But uh, also, equally, members. could this be somebody posing as her family member because she wouldn't actually know. She can't check with her mum and her nan because mm. she can't see them. I, I'd, I'd rather it went down there. You're right. I think that the conclusion that you would jump to is that it's some dodgy pedo guy. But And I think that probably Stu, Yasmin, somebody will think that. Bonus points if they manage to get Sarah Louise involved in this because that was a story that she went through 20 odd years ago. Well, I mean, Paul and Bernie were literally just talking about Kel. 
Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, Kel did get a mention today, didn't they? Um, but yeah, I so I, I think, think that helps it's more likely mind, to be but... a younger family member uh, and who probably will turn out to be dodgy, yeah. possibly. Oh yeah, I <laughs> just think the, so. the the aura that I got from him is that he is. But then they would try and give him that aura if they wanted to make us think he was. I think we thought a that dodgy chat room man. I thought we. I think we were meant to think that about Tim as well when he first did, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, is this going to be the start of the story where um, Eliza's mum gets exonerated? I'm I'm so convinced that it was the grandma that killed this Charlie girl and not the person that's been sent down for it. And possibly well, they're both this is, in prison. It would be not. It would be nice if uh, yeah, yeah. They're both in prison. It'd be nice at the end of this if um, oh, who is it? Bridget, Lucy. I can't remember which one it is. It'd be uh, it'd be nice if Eliza's mum gets let out of prison at the end and Eliza gets to stay with her mum at the end of the story. But I also kind of like Eliza and I want her to stay on the street and I yeah, think I if think she was with really... her mum then there's no reason for her to stay no, on the street. I like her. I think she's good. I'm still not good particularly egg. convinced about the Yasmin and Stu storyline and, and this week's... Um, shenanigans where Yasmin, despite Stu clearly showing that he wasn't happy with her and Roy being together, she didn't notice at all. It underlined even further to me that they're not particularly suited to each other. Mm. But it's another example of a couple that we've barely seen since they've got together, so we've not had the chance to develop an understanding of what they're really like at times when they're not going through some kind of drama. And and that's the problem that so many Coronation Street couples have had happen to them. Mm. Um, do do you, are you are you into Yasmin and Stu? Would you care one way or another? I like another them if... individually, but again, I don't. I'm not sure, convinced they work. Um, I don't think everyone needs to be a couple either. Well, we will see where this goes. But um, oh yeah, n- nice idea about the family member. Finally, Gemma, rippled abs, Ryan. What's he been doing this week, the naughty boy? Good old beetle bod. Yeah. On Monday, Ryan tells Carla he's been thinking about Daisy because he had a go at her and he thinks maybe he's a bit harsh and he's going to apologise, but he doesn't don't want to be doesn't want to be friends with her. Um, then we get Jenny and Daisy talking about Johnny's birthday and they're going to raise a glass to him in the evening. Jenny invites Carla and Maria invites herself along because she said Gary was friends with Johnny. I think Gary doesn't come anyway. <laughs> Does he not come? I can't. Yeah, he doesn't. doesn't, doesn't. doesn't. Brian's the only guy there. Yeah, Gary was friends with Johnny in prison. Yes, lest we forget. Ryan sees Daisy in the street and and does apologise to her, and she accepts it and says, "I, you know, I I probably deserved what you said about me." Probably Daisy. Ryan turns up for Johnny's party, and everybody is getting um, a bit drunk, aren't they? Yeah, it was. It was the ladies and Ryan. It was Jenny, Carla, and Maria. Maria. And they're raising a glass, they're getting maudlin. Some really nice scenes. I thought this was great. And they talk about Aidan as well. Yeah, Um, Maria brings him up. And they they want to do a selfie and uh, they take Ryan's phone and then Carla uploads to her social media the picture that they took, but she accidentally selects ryan's abs and puts that online and everyone within an instance like 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 sexy abs more so i kind of wondered at the time how on earth this was possible but i i think 
And maybe they made this clear on the show and I just missed it. I think that she just, like, selected a string of photos it, and uploaded them all and the abs picture happened to be caught in there. drunk. She was, but I, I don't know how it would be possible to upload just the abs photo when you think you're uploading she up, four women she, smiling together. It doesn't make sense. Well, she, it was his... Yeah, just to be clear, it was his phone, so she had access to his photo stream. Yeah. So she, he's, like, really embarrassed... And she runs after him because he stormed out. And she's all... I thought that um, Alison King did a really good job here. She she hasn't had a lot to do with Carla recently. She's had annoyed and she's had sympathetic and loved up. But she hasn't really done any other emotions <laughs> for a while. And this was quite fun because this was a different side to Carla we haven't seen quite a lot of because she doesn't normally have to apologise to anybody. Yeah, Carla didn't apologise to no one. No, she was snivelling and uh, kind of being a bit dopey and she's still drunk. And she was trying to grovel to him to, to get her him to forgive her for making a mistake. I liked it. I just it was a different, different side to Carla. Yeah. 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 Um, he's still gutted about this and... Um, but when he comes back in, Sean has is showing Daisy all the likes and comments that his beautiful bod has has gathered. Yeah, Sean has screenshotted it because Kyle has taken this down off her social media mm-hmm. now, but not before Sean's had a chance to screenshot it and who knows what he's gonna be doing without a photo late at night. Well, <laughs> Ryan goes into the ginnel and, and Carla and Daisy have, have phoned him, but he hasn't got the phone and he gets mad and he throws the phone against the wall. Because this was supposed to be his before picture. This wasn't supposed to be his after picture. Carla comes home later and he's still really mad at her. And she's like saying, oh, I'm sorry, I was having a hard day and my dad died. And everyone thought you were hench. There you go, that's the word. And Ryan's like, no, I'm, I'm sulking. It was supposed to be his before picture, but it's also worth saying it was his before picture for him and for his eyes only. and for Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think once he had... I think if, you t- if you're going to take a before picture... The intention is that you will release it with your after picture at some later date, right? Yeah, I guess perhaps, so, possibly. Perhaps. It doesn't matter. He didn't want it on the internet and it was on the internet. Later on, though, he reads some of these screenshotted comments and he's like, I am hench. Hmm. Then he takes some chocolates from his bag and he, with a little note on it saying, Hi, me, it's me, Michelle, your mum. I forgot whether I'm your real mum or not. Um, Sorry that I've been a crap mum and only had you for a week, but I genuinely can't stand you. Here's some chocolates. <laughs> Love, Michelle. So he takes that post-it note off and takes the chocolates and gives them to Carla and apologises and then goes back to his room to inject some more steroids. Because you can't be buff and eat chocolates. No, it's um, you know that, counterproductive. Don't you? I do at the moment. <laughs> On Wednesday. I've eaten a whole Toblerone over the course yeah, of the last have. two days. Yeah, you have a whole massive Toblerone. <laughs> Sorry. It's very nice, though. I don't know how you can eat so much chocolate. <laughs> On Wednesday. <laughs> the dentist said I had lovely teeth Did this she? morning. No, she didn't say that. She just said that I didn't have anything wrong with them. Yeah, she's cool. she's a bit terse, isn't she? Yeah. On Wednesday, Daisy and Daniel are in the cafe looking at, at flats online. And Ed, oh, this was like, Ed's like, hey, I have a flat that you could go in. How coincidental. And by the end of the episode, they've agreed. Well, Daniel agreed on Daisy's behalf. 
Um, yeah, she she wants so to move away. She? she doesn't want to hang around Ryan anymore. She feels guilty. Can't every, control herself around every time him, especially she sees not now him. she's seen what's under that t-shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> every time she sees him, she feels bad, and he's making her feel worse. So she wanted to to make a clean break, even though she was still going to be working at the Rovers. Um, but now, they, Daniel's agreed to go in. The, I mean, it's the, it's the only logical place for them to live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they Obviously. they will move there, won't they? Peter is... It's so weird that that flat was kind of set up as being the young trendy kids flat with um, with Aaron and Amy and Summer and uh, and everybody. And that lasted for all of about two months. Yeah. But anyway. I like, I like the way that... The, I mean, they've obviously... I, I'm sure that they've gonna, they've redecorated it and that's what, why Ed has left it vacant for a couple of months. And it's going to have a bit of a revamp. I'm kind of excited to see whether they've changed it at all. But uh, unless you, uh, if you're not thinking that's what's happened, it kind of makes it seem like Ed's like, what's the respectable amount of time to leave a flat after there was a rape? (laughs) (laughs) Two months, I suppose. (laughs) As long as through the redecoration, they put up some kind of shrine to Imran. That's all I care about. Yes, a little nice Imran corner. So um, Peter, uh, later on, is looking at Ryan's ab shots because he's put them online now. And he's getting all these comments and likes. And Peter's like, oh, this was kind of... Peter's been so good. In the few scenes that he's had, he's been really just funny about it. This it? was almost a um, a kind of new era for Peter as being like the slightly older fatherly... He's never really been a fatherly figure to anybody because even when Simon was his kid, he never really felt like he was being paternal. No. But here he was kind of like being, I'm the old out-of-touch fuddy-duddy, but I think yeah, you're quite is. you're quite the young the young gent here, aren't you, little whippersnapper Ryan? Yeah, he, he's kind of become the trendy granddad, He was kind of humouring him a little bit like, young people today seem to put quite a lot of stock in physical appearance and you're doing quite well at it, aren't you? He's, he, was, he was funny. I liked yeah. him. I, I thought it was it was that little conversation was quite sweet, yeah. but obviously now poor old Ryan is going to be uh, down this path of very bad addiction, perhaps to steroids and mm. getting buff. Yeah, and and p- putting his pictures online and people are commenting saying, "Oh, we want to see your face," which obviously it's, he's not quite comfortable to do yet. And I wonder whether he he will and what will Peter say to that and. It's not going to be a healthy solution to his problems because he's going to be praised and praised for his body and yeah, he's only going to make, gonna make him, him more comp- give him a greater complex about his face and he's going to think if everyone saw my face they wouldn't think that I was so great but perhaps I don't know where this story is going I think honestly do think that people would be horrible some people would be horrible but I think he would get a lot of support if he started a social media account going this is I'm Ryan. This is my story. This is what happened to me. I'm gonna build my life back by pumping iron. Follow my journey. I think he'd get loads of fawning fans, and I, there are people who would find him attractive. There, there are obviously people who find him attractive. Yeah. And some people are into that kind of thing. I don't know if that's the sort of person you want to be with. You kind of has a thing about scars, but <laughs> there are loads of people that. He'll find some. Not everyone's. Sh- I mean, the thing is, not everyone is shallow, but he's kind of, he is kind of fishing in a shallow pool, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess not everyone's into Ajax and can quote quote classics, <laughs> so he's got to rely on his bod. Right. Um, 
Good. Another quite good week on Curry this I week. I thought I this week was great. I I I am I found Sarah's st- story so tragic and sad. I think again I've said I've gushed about it a lot. Mm. Um, and the 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 Jenny and oh Henry's back and oh Bernie. I think a, a lot of things I really enjoyed. The, the, the only the, this kind of falter was Stu and Yasmin. That was definitely the weaker point of the week. I wanted to week, clock but their heads together. And it, it, there was a bit of that every single day, but it didn't feel like it took up too much time at all during the week. The Ryan story was okay. The Bernie one I wasn't too into, but it had a nice ending. But really, the majority of the week was the Rovers story and, of course, the Sarah Louise story, um, which I was definitely quite hooked into. So it's been another it was pretty gripping. solid week for me this week. It was week. gripping. And, and I, you know, they're going to have to do something monumentally awful to make next week bad. I'm like... I, I trust Curry next week with the Henry stuff that they're not going to... They better not fumble. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think they're going to do a good job. I, it, 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 it's going to be... I, I assume that there's going to be, you know, three full days of, of Henry doing stuff with Gemma next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, as for the other stories, I don't know. Do you think that the, do you think that the Sarah story could take a pause for a bit? Yeah, it seems to I have reached it, the stage but where they're gonna just paperwork is going to be going on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he was talking this week about maybe wanting to to go back. Well, I don't know, I don't know, maybe. Um, I guess we'll find out. Um, do you have a character of the week this week? And it can't be Are Henry. Are we not going to score it? Well, yeah, we can do both. We do. I don't Normally know what we score it we first. Do. do we? I thought we I never did. really, really know. Okay, well, well we're right in, everybody. Then. Do we score and then do character pro- character of right, the week? Because I think we do. We'll do whatever order you want, my darling. I'm going to give it four cans of Ajax <laughs> out of five. My favourite Greek cleaning product. I'm, I'm going to give it um, three and a half tigers mm. in Jenny's tank. Nice. Out of five. What are they doing in there? <laughs> um... Who was my character of the week? I mean, Sarah Louise was fantastic as always. She still is a bit. It's of a Sarah strumpet. for me because Tina O'Brien's performance that that does help for a lot. I mean, Jenny was also great this week. Jen, Jen Sally Ann Matthews gave a great performance, and again, she didn't have the same quite the same level as material as Sarah Louise. There were so many great scenes. Even that, even that scene with Bernie and Paul. Yeah. That was so sad. Yeah. They do they're doing a great job. So many great performers on the show. Um uh, Uncle Stephen again. <laughs> what a lark. I think I th- I mean you could say, you know, is a character the week Adam for for sticking to his guns and saying, Sorry. Sorry you slept with somebody else, didn't you? Sorry you tart. And he did he was the, the cause of the, the balloon. Incident. Incident, yeah. Um, I, 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 what about I, Gail and, and Ken's no, face-off? No. I think I would struggle to really, truly, strongly justify anybody other than Sarah Louise this week, as much as the, the big Jenny and Henry fan inside of me is screaming, but we were in it as well. There was um, some, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that over the next few weeks, it feels like Jenny's going to have a big story and, and maybe I'll get a chance to vote her again. Because as, as somebody who is my favourite character on the show, I haven't been voting a character of the week very much at all in the last few years. But yeah, Sarah, Sarah Louise this week, a lot of that was, was, was Tina O'Brien's amazing performance. 
So that's it. That is that is what happened on Coronation Street this week. We're back on the street talk shorts again. Um, and, and normal, normal. service is now resuming. Which includes me not having any idea about what next bo- next week's bonus podcast is going to be, but we'll see that when it gets there. I think we should do a character profile of Ajax. No. Oh. Let's do some news, because we've got lots of news this week. Okay. Okay, time for the news. We've got lots of news to do this week, because we are trying to pack two weeks' worth into today's cabin. But we're going to start off with some cake news. Not that cake news, that's still to come. We have been sent some lovely co-op cupcakes in the post just and yesterday. And rolls. And a whole load of stuff. We've got a goodie bag. Thank you, thank you very much to, co- uh, to co-op um, who got in touch with us about a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, offering us uh, a few of their new Corrie-themed goodies. And uh, we thought that as, you know, it's not news that we have been sent them, but this is news that they are now available, hopefully in a co-op near you. We have mentioned the rolls before because some people track those down um, a couple there, of months was, ago, I think. Wasn't didn't they? there one near Media City? Possibly, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. But there, there are select co-op shops that are selling um, Roy's rolls, which are six um, kind of soft, flowery, flowery baps for one pound fifteen, um, and also a little packet of rhubarb and custard cupcakes, which you get two of uh, for one pound twenty-five. So those um, are branded from the cabin. They are the cabin cut. Yeah, rhubarb and custard because you know named after the traditional British sweet that Rita has been flogging for the past thirty odd years. Also, maybe a reference to. The no, flavour of Daisy's How... wedding cake. Oh yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. They did look into rhubarb and custard cakes, didn't they? They certainly did. Well, tell you what, after tasting them, I'd just say, go for it. So I, you I had wasn't... one of these, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I did. I had one. I've had two now. I've had, just I've to had remind half everyone, the supply. I was ill. Gemma was ill. She has not had any of these delicious cakes yet. So and they are actually really, really nice. Yeah. Now, I'm not... You know, I, rhubarb, rhubarb crumble, school dinner classic... Not such a fan of. A little bit stringy for Michael's me. Michael's weird Not with chocolatey fruit. enough. Generally with fruit, I'm not so good with. What fruit do you like? You like... Strawberries. Apples. Bananas. Bananas. And that's it, isn't it? Oh, there's probably other ones. Grapes are like grapes. But literally yeah, everything yeah, else. Satsumas you like, don't will like do. Don't like plums. Anyway. Don't like peaches. I don't... All the things I grow. <laughs> These rhubarb and custard cupcakes are honestly really, really, really lovely. So They're on like the top... super sweet. On the top there's like a swirl of... A bright yellow and a bright pink frosting. What kind icing. of frosting is it? Icing. icing. That's. I think that's where the rhubarb custardy flavour comes. From. I don't know. I don't but know whether it's in the there's cake. Also... There's a little jam inside. You can't even tell that from looking at them. But I was no, I was busily munching inside. my way through it last night. And yeah, there's a and nice little went, j- <gasps> jammy centre. Mm. <laughs> I'm not just saying this because they sent us over really. They're honestly really, really, really. But you nice. also had a roll, didn't you? I did two have rolls a roll with I, your chicken soup. Yeah, I, I had some chicken soup for tea last night after the podcast recording. I had a couple of Roy's rolls. I mean, what can you say? They're rolls. They're very nice. They're, they're nice and spongy they're and fluffy. And... Very delicious. They were they were really solid, nice, soft rolls. Well, they weren't solid. They were soft. They're I, crying out for some bacon. I, I do like, you know, like a tiger roll and everything with a bit of crust to it. But sometimes if it is a harder roll... A crusty I'm, one. I'm not so into it. But this, because I don't like eating slowly. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Yes. I do like to wolf my food down. So you and find you can't the, do that with a hard roll. You find that crunchy food impedes your speed. Yeah. <laughs> and these oh Roy's God. rolls this rolls can go up and just shove them in. So this is your in a couple of, review. Couple of bites. The, the custard, <laughs> just... the, the cupcakes don't taste too much of horrible rhubarb, and they're they've got they're very sweet, and the rolls are very fast to eat. <laughs> yeah, you can just wolf them down like. If anything. you're ever worried about how quickly you can eat a roll, 
don't worry about this one. Roy's Rolls are there for you. Well, I hope that everybody who's listening in the UK is able to go out and find some. I know some people have had um, troubles getting them so far. The rolls are £1.15, which is quite bargainous, I guess, for six. And you get your two rhubarb and custard cut cakes, £1.25. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So go off and look up all your co-ops um, and hopefully you'll be able to get some and try them. Um, but yes. that's not all they sent. I was just going to say that Co-op has done other things with, with um, Corey. They did the R-Rail, which was really cool. We bought some oh, of those. Yes, the R-Rail They did the Betty's Hot Pot, yeah. which I didn't ever try. They've done a few things, haven't they? And they also did um, Coronation Chicken sandwiches. sandwiches. Yes. So I really like the fact that they're, they're using their sponsorship of Corrie and also the fact that you know the headquarters are in Manchester and mm. it is a really good company like I worked with them when I was uh, being a an influencer you know getting the stuff for free back in return, in the day in return for people cared what you no what? when I was an influencer getting stuff in return free in return for advertising it to my followers you did you did that's what happens sometimes mm. when you're an influencer and you worked with co-op then did you yeah, we, and you know they're fair trade, and they the yeah I, I I think they stand for lots of good things. They also stand. <laughs> we did mention earlier on in the podcast a lovely pen, and it's, it's, a, it's a recyclable pen. pen and everything. It's a black biro recyclable pen. Yeah, biodegradable. You know what? When you're finished, when the ink runs out, you can use it as a weapon. <laughs> uh, we, they also sent us a Roy's Rolls apron from the ITV shop. We don't have one of those, so that was quite nice, and a little uh, white notebook. That's got Coronation Street, official community retail partner. I don't know whether Co-op. they're going to be for sale. Uh, I don't think so. We might be and quite a, special. And a those. bag and a mug. Yeah, and a nice little uh, canvas bag, and which nice... I assume will go on sale. I don't know anything about that. Um, but Co-op have had their kind of brick-themed um, reusable bags for life kind of things. Yeah, in the they past, did. That's another they? thing. They've done two of um, those. But this is a proper canvasy bag, so we'll yeah. be testing that out next time we go to the shop. And a, and a box of tea bags. Box of tea bags. And a mug. Did you say a mug? And a mug, a yeah. A bricky mug. Um, please don't ask us how that you can get them. Literally, You can I buy the products that are on sale. We can't get Co-op to send you them. Try doing a podcast for 11 years. Maybe you'll get some then. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, thank you, thank you very, very thank much. Thank you, Carl. Oh, and I re- yeah, and good really luck cool. to everyone who's looking for them. Yes, now, also, let us know if you if you manage to spot any, post about it so that other people, if they want to buy them, can yeah, know where they can hunt to get them, them down. From. And I'm pretty sure, I haven't actually looked, check this out, but I'm, yeah, you can. You can freeze Roy's Rolls. So if you want to stock up and have a lifetime supply of Roy's Rolls, get yourself a chest freezer. Costco's pretty good, quite cheap. And just fill it up with those and just use them for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's my tip. Speaking of free cakes. Speaking of influencers who (laughs) post about things in return for. What's been going on with Kath Tilsley this week? I don't. I don't agree with. Gemma wasn't about a fan this. of talking about this on the podcast, but it seems to have been fairly big news over the last few days. This is what kept us entertained on our journey back from France, didn't it? When we were being delayed on our ferry for four hours, um, we were having a look at this story as it was unfolding. I, I, you know, I don't. We, I don't know whether anyone knows the the full story of everything that's happened. Only what's been reported, but it basically stems from an email that was received by the Three Little Birds Bakery um, up north. Um, reportedly from Kath Tilsley's PR company asking... I don't know if it's a PR company or if it's an events planner company. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It was it was Neverland, um, who is... I think she did say in her... Uh, uh, she's just said they're a company. Um, but yeah, she, so they contacted um, the Three Little Birds Bakery wanting um, 100 cupcakes for 
one of their clients' upcoming 40th birthday bashes, um, which, you know, rumours suggested, and it later turned out it was, Kath Tilsley, who played Eva Price, by the way, if you're not sure, um, and, and also two birthday cakes, one, one for her and one for her husband. husband. Yeah whose birthday it was going to be on the day of the party. <laughs> I don't ask me that. Um, and, and they said no. She didn't say no. Well, they, they, they wanted... they the, the PR company asked for these things in exchange for... And this is all just looking at the email, reportedly, allegedly, etc., etc., in exchange for um, promotion on social media, Catherine's social media, with well, over 700,000 followers... Um, as well as be promoted in OK magazine, and um, and and they said back uh, in a quite snarky way. Unfortunately, as my mortgage provider doesn't take payment in the form of promotion on their socials, and my staff can't feed their kids with exposure on Instagram, I'll have to decline your very generous offer. So the thing, I pe- companies like that, well, you know, all companies must receive on a you know fairly regular basis requests like this don't you think all the time from celebrities i think that's how it works i i have a very different opinion on this to many people because of my background as working number one in magazines and number two having worked myself as a a social media influencer i guess i I called myself a food blogger I, i was published in books and magazines so you know i it wasn't just so what's, me what's your hot take my take is you just say no I'm not prepared to do that. You don't go, I'm going to print this online to try to get everybody to have a go at this person. I'm not sure this how these emails... How did these emails get online? I think it was she the person from the bakery. The bakery person. Them. I'm not having to go at her. Um, I don't I think, you know, I don't think there's any heroes here, though. I feel as though um, if somebody offers you something and you don't like it, I've just seen the thing is the thing that annoys me about this is that this happens all the time and it's usually it's not usually a big celebrity like Kath it's usually a sort of a a woman who is doing her own thing trying to make some money you a lot of them are mums as well and they'll you know say hey can I have this free product and I'll promote you and the thing is that there are loads of companies that think this is a fair exchange mm. This isn't unreasonable at all. No, not at all. This isn't her sponging. This isn't her asking for freebies for nothing. 700,000... Sponging for sponge cakes. ...followers and also OK Magazine. For some people, that is actually a good good offer. And for this bakery, it wasn't. That's fine. I can totally understand that. I wouldn't be able to give... You know, that's a lot of time and money. But if you are... That I'm just I'm just saying a lot of people seem to think that this isn't this is unreasonable and that um, celebrities should always pay for everything. Yes, that's true. Everyone should always pay for everything all the time. But you can pay for things in market. This is like a marketing budget. This I, is what you I, do. I would say that this is how the world works in terms I of celebrities. I've seen. Can I on. just say as 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 a job as um, an editor of a magazine, I get given free things all the time. Sometimes I ask for them. And sometimes they get given to me. I can't promote something to my list, my readers, unless I have the product in front of me. There's no budget. There's no magazine budget for buying a computer game or a games console. They have. They have to give it to me if they want it to be in the magazine. An advert in the magazine costs hundreds and thousands of pounds, right? So if they can get coverage in the magazine for the price of a game, 
they're going to jump on it. Mm. It doesn't work out for everybody because some businesses are too small. But, you know, in this case, it's just blown up completely out of proportion. But unfortunately, I don't think that the response that was given helped the issue at all. The response by Kath. So I I kind of feel bad for her in a way that this has brought out a lot of people criticising her and saying, you know, Z-lister and everything. And it's true. She's not as anywhere near as much. She's not a Z-lister. What do you say is true then? No, no, no. I'm saying it's true that she's not in the public eye anywhere near as much as she was five years ago when she was, you know, in Coronation Street, obviously. She's done a few things in since then. She's done Scarborough. She's made some very entertaining Olga videos online. She's and I, got... I'm still waiting to see what Olga thinks about this. I don't think that's going to happen. She's got 700,000 followers. Yeah, I'm just she's still also a big, say British name. that the price of advertising on a, on a social media account, which has, has got 700,000 followers would be a significant amount of money, which I'm almost certain would cover the cost of production or retail value of those cakes that they requested. Mm. Personally, I wouldn't like this to have been written um, on my behalf. If I was her, I'd be furious. I only ever ask for things in return for um, coverage. It's not the same thing, really, as saying you're going to be an OK magazine when you're not producing the copy yourself. I don't know how they can guarantee that OK magazine is going to give them a you know a picture or whatever. You can't really... You say that you, you don't like the idea that somebody <laughs> would ask for it on her behalf. But again, I imagine that things like this do go on all the time. People have yeah. got their PR companies. There's probably a lot that goes on without the stuff that they don't star even know. knowing about They don't even it. know about it. And then, so they can say, look what I found. They're not going to say, right, I'm going to do this today and then try this, try this, try this. I'm Sorry, none of them have worked. That they, that, you know, that, that they're, they're probably a situation where celebrity goes to an events planning company and says plan my party and they say okay and they go away and they will contact suppliers and they'll say what can we get for free in return for coverage and a shout out there must be loads of things that happen like that and i know also there are celebrities that pride themselves on always paying their full way yeah that's that's what i was going to say there's going to be an awful lot of celebrities who don't do anything because i'm just going to also say if you're an influencer you are always going to be compromised slightly when you get stuff for free yeah you're not going to say oh i hated this crap thing they gave me because I asked them for it yeah and you're also gonna like what I was saying with Daisy's storyline when she had her wedding and she got her wedding dress for free blah 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 you you now are beholden to those people to promote and to talk about the product perhaps in a a time when you're not really you know I wouldn't want to spend my 40th birthday making sure I had photos of bloody cakes I can put it on my social so that this woman can get her her coverage you know, mm. it's, it's it's a hassle, and it is. And the other thing I also want to say, not necessarily in this specific case, but when influencers get stuff for free, um, when they produce content, a lot of people think it's just take a photo, shove a caption, put it online. I'm going to tell you there are people who work in in influencer on blogs and social media who spend a lot of time, and they're very art. It's an art. It's an artistic thing. They add it and they take photos and they invest in equipment and they. Um, they do research and they find out what's the best way to promote things, what's the best hashtags. They ha- they spend years building up their followers and people are so dismissive. And I think a little bit of why people are so dismissive of this is because there is a bit of misogyny involved. A lot of these people are young women and they're easy targets. I'm not saying this in this situation, but I am saying that a lot of the vitriol is the, that was directed at this situation 
has been building up for years because I see all time and time again a story in the news where a company has done this exact same thing. This this bakery is not the first person to have done this, where they get an email asking for something and they instead of saying no, they just go online and say, "Look at this cheeky monkey." Yeah. I'm not going to give anybody anything and I, for free. And, and, I, and it has, it's blown up huge. And, you know, we're talking about it as well. I thought we kind of had to. I, this is why I don't want to talk about it because I don't think this is a popular opinion the, at all. That's fine, but I think you've explained yourself really well. It's, it's been blown up in the Daily Mail and it's on the forums and everything. But she's, uh, Kath's had journalists apparently knocking on her door. She's not really happy with it. it she's been harangued by this. She did put out uh, an Instagram rebuttal and no that's not yeah, a, a yeah. response to this which you, you said you want Joel was completely handled the right way because she did use it apart it from work. saying look leave my, now look you've got people knocking on my door my kids are in the front room she did also use it as an opportunity to take a bit of a snipe at the bakery by saying well I generally hope the bakery have got some exposure and received lots of new order oh, no that's not the bit that she <laughs> what's the bit that she said no she said in the video didn't she like I hope this woman's got the um, the, 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 a little bit of exposure she was after yeah sorry I was, she, she, she did a video and she and she wrote something as well but she, she, she made a bit of a snarky remark mark but maybe maybe you would but maybe it's not the best thing to do if you're caught up in the middle of this whirlwind and you're trying to make yourself look um more humble than people I'm not, are saying you are i just want to make it perfectly clear that i'm not knocking this bakery for doing what she did i think she's very canny um and i think that you know if somebody were to come to us and say hey uh in, in return for appearing on um <laughs> I don't know. I can't even think of what they would say. Why don't you make a three hour long podcast? We'd be like, no, because it takes us hours and hours and time and we don't, we can't work for free. Mm. Some people cannot do this. Some people can. That's, that's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't a completely unreasonable request and it is being represented that way. And I find it a bit frustrating to see that it's being yeah, well, apparently, um, reported like that. Her, her PR company have now threatened the bakery with up. legal action, saying, "Well, no, we didn't ask for free cakes. The email doesn't. The email no. What? Hang on. I mean, they didn't say free cakes. They said return. The payment would be promotion. Yeah, payment would be made in the form of promotion. So they didn't say give us free cakes." And then in the world that this is taking place in, this is not asking for free cakes. But she said they've all, they've said they would never expect a collaborating business to be out of pocket. And yes, because you expect there to be a pickup in business as a result. But this, you know, this lady doesn't need the promotion, so she said no. She said, "It says as part of the collaboration." Um, our client would cover all of Three Little Birds Bakery's expenses and costs in exchange for social media content. Well, that's different from what they said originally. They didn't make that very clear. I just think some poor... This is the other thing I keep thinking. Some poor intern has now been fired. Well, yeah, exactly. Maybe this was just a mistake. And they, they sent it in like, oh, well, maybe I should have made it. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's been a huge furore, and I hope that it does settle down because... Yeah, you know, whatever she's she's said and done since, I do I do absolutely feel sad. I like Kath. I think this bakery lady. I think oh, oh, I'm sad that she's also getting it in the neck from some people who are calling her opportunistic. Um, I think she's played it very well. Uh, she's probably got way more promotion out of this than she would have done from actually doing the job. Well, quite. Um, and I I feel sorry for Kath who, but I don't even know. Like she's she had this. 
I don't know if she had a birthday planned. Uh, this is, you know, what actually was going on. But she certainly can't have a flamingo-themed party now on that <laughs> date with all the celebrities coming because everyone's going to remember the, the whole yeah. Ferrari with the cakes. Yeah. Maybe she'll do something a bit low-key now. I don't know. <laughs> Shall we move on to another I just, story? Just to, yeah, I just hope that I haven't annoyed anybody. Maybe I've given you something different to think about, a different I, um, perspective. I totally understand why people get mad about this, but I just want to say that that's it's a completely different world that, that this PR or whatever they are, company is working in and it's totally accepted and normal. They weren't saying anything unusual. If you don't agree with that, that's fine. And it, I, I also have a problem with some of the things that go on. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying but it's right. It is a, it is a um, done thing, I think. Yeah, and there's also, there's been other scandals about online influence. I think the whole thing is a tricky business. And I really <laughs> wish also that people properly declared their, uh, their, their stuff, but they don't, so... Let's move on to another story. I wish I hadn't even talked no, about think, it. No, I think you did a great job there. Something a little bit... I didn't bit... want to talk about it. Here's another rumour for you. Les Dennis, talking about ex-Coronation Street stars. Les Dennis, who entertained us all in the role of Michael Rodwell, um, is rumoured to be taking part in this year's Strictly. So he may well be waltzing along next to Ellie Leach, if those rumours are true as well. But according to... Who do we to... support? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I, I like them both, but I, I'm going to say I did enjoy Michael Rodwell more than Faye Windass, but she does have the long-term loyalty from me as well. Um, apparently, according to a source that spoke to the Mail on Sunday, the viewers are going to love Les. He's a TV icon and he will be dancing on one of the most popular shows around. Um, he might be about to turn 70, but he is a showman and will be a great entertainment for those watching Does at home. Does he need catering for his party? I, I I think, you know, Les Dennis is a brilliant showman. We we saw him um, in the panto, didn't we, with Connor McIntyre being one of the ugly sisters. He definitely knows how to work an audience. He's been in showbiz all his life. Um, I, I think this role could be good for him, but, you know, we don't watch Strictly. But good luck. Yes. If this turns out to be true. Um, same goes to Samuel Longchambon. Um, who is going to be in the final of Cooking with the Stars next week. Now, this has been pre-recorded, I think, so we can wish her luck, but I think this was filmed many months ago, you, but she's made it into the final. What Pretty channel? Good. Oh, darn it, I forgot to write and what that she down. And what has she cooked so far? Food. I don't know, I've not watched any of this. I know I said that she was going to be in it at the beginning, Outed. but next Tuesday at 9pm, can't remember which channel. Tune in. I'm going to say... BBC or maybe Channel 4? Or maybe Channel Possibly 5. Possibly 3. Flick around at 9pm if you're interested in seeing if she um, takes home the golden crumpet or whatever it is that nice you win fun. in that programme. <laughs> um, but if it doesn't work out, then she can um, still use her culinary skills to um, look after bees because she put something on her Instagram a couple of days ago about feeding the bees. Sugar, sugar water if you find a poorly bee in your garden, which I thought was kind of funny because we had also found a poorly bee in our garden that very day and done the same thing. Um, also, there's a, there's only ex Coronation Street style news. All the current cast are staying well out of this. At I the think moment. they're right too. And uh, can I just go back well, to the they, cake thing? Yeah. They're not, neither of them are bad people, and I I hope that they both can be happy. Yes. That's what I, that's all I ever want for anybody <laughs> apart from Tim. Remember, remember. Um, I've forgotten his name. Robert. <laughs> Robert. Do you remember Robert? Do you remember old Robert? You remember Robert Preston? He got gunned down in the street on Christmas Day a few years ago. you've got a medal ago. for letting him die. Well, the guy who played him, Tristan Gemmell, is going to be doing panto this year. He's going to be on stage in Aladdin playing Abanazar, who I guess is 
Jafar <laughs> when you're in the Panto Aladdin, the baddie. You've um, written he's going to be in Aladdin pants, which I would rather I watch. I didn't write this. This is autocorrect. Autocorrect is always trying to trip me up. Like earlier on when I was writing Scally, dropping your pants for any, dropping your knickers for any old Scally, and my Matt corrected it to Sally. Honestly, any old he's going to be in Aladdin Panto at the King George's Hall in Blackburn this year. He's going to be there between the seventh and thirty first of December. So any Tristan Jamil fans, get yourself over you some tickets he's probably going to be quite good if he's not your bag and you're more into Sue Devaney who plays um, Debbie Webster in Corrie at the moment she is going to be joining comedian Billy Pearce along with some of the stars from Britain's Got Talent on the big night out variety show in Blackpool I'm really sounding like I'm advertising this now I'm just saying it we're we're getting free tickets we're not getting anything It's we, a long we, way to We Blackpool. messaged them and said, in return, On for the a 26th plug. of August and the 21st of October. She's been described as a singing sensation and she is quite a good um, singer, so I hear. And she did a lot of that in between those two massive stints on Coronation Street, I think. But she's going to be entertaining the masses in Blackpool if you like Sue Devaney and you live around that kind of neck of the woods. If you need you might cheering up, up there. in October in Blackpool, which you probably do, yeah. you could do a lot worse. I see Devaney's brilliant. I love her. I think she's awesome. I, I love her so much. Um, and finally, this isn't particularly Coronation Street news, but Rebecca sent it to us. Thank you, lovely Rebecca, for continually sending us news so we don't have to scout it out ourselves and risk seeing spoilers. Um, the Ofcom, who are the TV regulator people, released a report um, yesterday with some fairly interesting stats. I mean, as, as interesting as stats can be um, about the TV use declining and, and, and things and... It basically just said, and get ready for this, Gemma, I'm going to break some shocking news to you. People don't watch TV as much as they used to. Live TV, that is, you know, Gosh. broadcast telly. Apparently, between 2021 and 2022, people watching a programme on broadcast TV each week dropped from 83% to 79%, which is the biggest decline since record began. How do 4%. They, how do they get this information? They ask people... Have you watched because the programme on telly this right, week? Right, listen, I have a friend who... Well, she, okay, I'm going to admit, she, she's not my friend. <laughs> she's an influencer. And she's always telling me, I don't watch television. I don't have a t- TV. And so, and then she'll say to me, oh, I watched that BBC thing. Oh, that Netflix thing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you watched it, though. How did you watch it? I watched it on my iPad. I watched it on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. So she this thinks, is... because she doesn't watch it on the television, and it's not TV. No. But I'm telling you, if you're watching a video that's on a screen, you're watching TV. Uh, this is just saying that people don't watch TV live as much as they used to. Of and course they don't. There's been a don't. huge decline in the last 10 years. That's obvious with the rise of streaming. And this this big article that was on BBC News and Sky News and thing yesterday just says, oh, TV's dying. So broadcast and that's relevant to us because that's what Coronation Street is on. Broadcast television is the main channels, yeah. right? And anything that... Turn in your dial until you get to three or one or five <laughs> or four. It's not Netflix. Two. It's not streaming. Yeah. It's broadcast television. But the, the, the waters have been muddied by the fact that all of the main channels have their own streaming service. So somebody could answer truthfully, I haven't watched broadcast television in the last week, but also be watching, you know, BBC dramas, Downton Abbey, all of this, because they watched it on Netflix or... 
I mean, th- this on, is on iPlayer. This is only possibly relevant Coronation Street wise because it gets me worried again that they're going to start well, releasing things just... on ITVX before they put them on yeah. ITV, which I, you know, I do not want that. I'm... BBC does that with EastEnders. I think Hollyoaks does it as well. well like, I... Corrie is one of the few soaps remaining that isn't put online before broadcast. Well, I can TV. tell you that there's. I'm going to tell you my 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 personal belief is that there is going to be a bottom here that it will never go lower than. It's the same as... Uh, the whole time I've been working as a magazine editor, I've been told print media's dead, yada, yada, yada. Yes, I, it's been declining, but there's always going to be a bottom level. And that's where but I who live. is it? <laughs> you know, what, what do you mean, who is it? I think the people that are watching broadcast TV these days, are, you know, it's people probably about our age and upwards, but apparently there's also been a significant decline in um, the core older audiences. So these are people 65 and above, Um between this year and last year, a ten percent drop in people. You know the the oldies that are watching broadcast TV. I just young don't ch- know what young the definition of broadcast days, TV I'd is. I literally say not on through the internet. Not through the not, internet. It's turning on your TV. But you can to... still. Okay, so here's my question: Can you still watch Coronation Street and it not technically be broadcast TV? Yes. Yeah, so it, who watch. cares about this then? It's... I don't like scaremongering and I don't like sensationalised rubbish like this. This happens every year. We always get, no one's watching television anymore. No one's watching soaps. Everyone's stupid. He watches soap. Only, only, you know, and they say, oh, only a million people. It's like, what, what do you mean only? Millions of people watch this show. I'm fed up with it. Millions and millions of people watch broadcast TV. And, and if they don't watch it, they watch it in some other way. It's nonsense rubbish, this is. There's definitely been a decline yet again in soap viewing figures, if you count broadcast and non-broadcast TV. Um, oh no, uh, only we, 4 million people. We, 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 th- this That's is, we, more people than watch Game of Thrones with, in this country. What are we doing? There is going to be a bottom at some point. I don't know whether we've hit it yet. And I think a few years ago we might have said, I think we have hit it at this point, but it just keeps going down and down and down. But at the end of the day, Corey's still getting the best viewing figures out of the ball. At least, I'm not so. saying that there's a bo- that, you know, there's definitely going to be a point at which any television programme is going to hit, you know unsustainable numbers mm. i'm saying broadcast television and television as an as an as an art form you know you were talking to me and you said to me about the radio and you said something like 80 whatever 80 percent of people over 80 percent over 80 percent of people listening to the radio and the average uh, every week and the average that people watch is 22 hours now i'm going to tell sorry, you that... that when when cinema and television were invented People who were into radio would have gone, whoa, that's the end of radio. No one's going to listen to the radio anymore. Now we're here, you know, decades later, people are still listening to the radio. People are not going to stop watching television. I don't care what any stupid Ofcom thing says. I'm fed up with people (laughs) reading this sort of rubbish and going, oh, it's the end of the soaps. It's never going to be the end of soaps. Even if it's the end of Coronation Street and any all the rest of these, it's not going to be the end of soaps. It's not going to be the end of t- telling stories. People have told stories that are like soaps for thousands of years. Shut up about it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of everybody getting mad about everything. This Only I'm allowed this to be mad. Only I'm allowed to be mad about things. I just get, you know, do you know how relentlessly depressing the news is, right? The planet's on fire. The, you know, people can't pay their mortgage, can't pay the electric bills. There's, people are starving. 
people and you getting Nofcom telling me that oh there's been a four percent drop in who's watching broadcast <laughs> television i'm supposed to run outside and poo my pants in the middle of the street out of sheer terror because of this i don't think so here's i don't some, care here's some good news for you though I'm not Gemma, just to end the cavern don't tell me anything one don't try five, to cheer me up one in five adults listen to a podcast every well, week well everyone's so turning this one off now us, aren't they? isn't it although <laughs> although apparently people younger in the younger bracket aren't listening to podcasts quite as much but 25 to 44 um age rant range you know into your podcast so thanks guys all for supporting this us. all this means is and somebody's watching a television show in a different way than they used to yes should we should thanks, we do professor <laughs> obvious should we do some feedback <laughs> okay okay feedback time time has passed you you calm down a little bit now, sorry look <laughs> we all love a good gemma rant you sorry. allowed one from time to time off com I didn't mean to take it out on you. <laughs> I wasn't mad at you, really. I was just, I, just the way that it gets reported. I know, I know. Well, we, we've had, we've had a bit of a break. It's all in good fun. I've, I've made myself a cup of co-op tea, just nice. to enjoy with the feedback section. So, Very um, nice. Before we get on to um, the feedback, though, of course, we have got our feedback of the no. Feedback of the week for last week. Score of the week. Facebook score. So we both scored at three and a half um, out of five last week and 3.62 was what the Facebook um, voters averaged out on. Thank you everyone that voted and we did have more voters last week after my plea of getting more people um, submitting their score. So Chad um, gave it three spiralised vegetables out of five. There was a funny line last week about... spiralled vegetables. Yeah, but you meant spiralised, But I they? prefer to think of them as spiralled. <laughs> um, this carrot spiralled completely out of control. I know, there was the line in the the show last week, wasn't there, about Jenny spiralising crisps or something. Um, no Rachel, the going down the pan. Rachel gave it two and a half concrete feet. <laughs> and uh, Michelle was my p- uh, pick of the week, who scored it four putts on Courtney's Green <laughs> out of five. That sounds like a romance novel. Um, that, I think that was possibly what Coronation Street is missing a bit more of. of bit of saucy humour. A bit more saucy humour would have been uh, even better this week. It's still, as I said, it's still a good week. Uh, we got a new iTunes review this week. Well, it was a couple of weeks <gasps> ago. but we, Since the last feedback. we No, we beg every single week yeah. for an iTunes review. The and this nice is like one. the first one in a year, I think. So thank you it's very much. the first one in a year. It, it might be, it might be. Wow. Thank you very much, Pelinor1968, for giving us a five-star review entitled I Must Listen for Corrie fans. Nice. Um, so, if you would also like to send your reviews to um, iTunes, Read please, please do. Honestly, it's not just for the boost our ego, but it helps more people find the podcast, really etc., etc., etc. It's quite nice, though. Um, Pelinor1968 says, I've been a follower of Corrie for many, many years. Then I discovered Conversation Street. Michael and Gemma add so much to the experience. I love the story reviews. Even the daft story titles, Michael. I oh, thank you. Love the interviews, love the character profiles, love the tour reports, but mostly love the down-to-earth banter between the hosts. From silly to serious, which I think this week's podcast has certainly seen the full range of. Um, the storylines are all covered. This keeps me coming back for more. I must listen for all Corrie fans everywhere. Thank you. I'm glad that you like it. That's a very nice review. This thing that we do. Glad you do. Yeah. I hope we not put you off this week. Um, <laughs> so... We've got a kind of a mixture of feedback this week. I haven't got one from Rebecca because she sent feedback on two weeks ago, but I thought we're going to pass that for now. But we've also got some other feedback from, from a few other people who maybe don't always write in so regularly that's also from a while ago that I have included. So it's just a bit of a mishmash. But Stuart 
this is this is very out of date, but I'm going to say it anyway. He he wrote to us a few weeks ago saying, "I've got a gut feeling that Sarah might be leaving." Um, I theorise the baby will be Damon's and Adam will try to get Sarah to terminate it and she refuses, causing them to split. She'll then take the job in America and leave the street in a similar way to her original 2007 exit. That can still happen. I mean... The job... Now she's free to take that job in America. She is. That's not come up again since. But she's absolutely... Got no ties to the street apart from she's got a child child and she doesn't have a father to look after. Oh, no, he would. Adam can do it. Maybe she'll go to America, leaving Harry with Adam, and when she comes back, Adam's whisked him up to Scotland. Maybe. Or maybe Maybe. she'll take Harry to America and come back, and they'll be like, Where's Harry? And she'll be like, <laughs> she, she, when she came back from Milan, Bethany found her own way back, didn't she? So maybe we'll have Harry coming Harry come back. back as different, as like an eighteen-year-old. Also, man. completely no trace of an American accent, as as is the tradition for Sarah Lou's offspring that mm. are raised. They're just abroad. so northern, you can't knock it out of them. Mm. So maybe I, I desperately hope nice that Sarah theory. Louise I don't isn't want leaving. Sarah but yeah, when, when I read this a few weeks ago, obviously this was before we knew that all this was going to happen. It did. Th- I did think, oh yeah, maybe they could go that way. But I certainly, certainly hope not. Um, we have got an email from George as well. This was sent after last week's episodes, I think. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to read this one? Gemma? I can't see it. Sorry, I haven't zoomed in enough. Have you? Um, hang on a minute. Clickety click, click, click. Here we go. What does George have to say? I still can't see it. Enhanced sex to five. <laughs> uh, George says, My head's spinning as I think I've been proven right, but I'm not certain. As while well, Sarah was distraught reading the letter, we weren't shown what it says. But all the shenanigans on Friday between her and Stephen, it seems that it w- isn't Adams. I do think Damon is going to come back at some point now, surely. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't 100% clear last week that it was definitely Damon the father, but I think, you know... It obviously was. Somebody but uh, I was left in no doubt after Unless there's going to be like another fake out and we we zoom into the the clinic the genetics clinic that did the tests and it's actually Damon works there. <laughs> this is going to be a fake out and then a fake out like spider being an undercover activist being an undercover cop. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I can't believe Ardy got caught out with that slag Courtney so soon. We don't use language like that. We call them yes, slatterns. We do. Or strumpets on this show, because <laughs> it's more feminist. Um, so soon, but I found a lot of Amy's jokes very funny, even if they were vulgar, says George. I really felt for my poor Todd this week, what with all that pressure being put on him with the award, and Wednesday showed he's a changed man, putting the competition firmly in its place, and I'm thrilled they won the award. Yeah, I think we of- all are. So, so pleased for Todd. I knew that when he was in the show all those years ago, he was destined for great things. <laughs> there wasn't any of that this week, was there? We didn't no, get to see any of... Um, resting on his laurels. Troy's still just waiting by his phone a week yeah, later. Troy doesn't want to pay rise. Well, for us, it's only been a few days since we I saw know. him give Todd I'm... that job offer, but Troy's like, sorry, is my handwriting not good enough? I find it very hard to make sense of the timeline of this last <laughs> yeah, two so do weeks I. worth of episodes. Because they <laughs> all know, happened things... in the space of two days for us this is a little bit like it was a long time ago well three weeks since Gemma got in touch with Henry and it's only today she started working with him so doesn't matter 
Don't think about it too hard. Thank you, George. Um, Laura has emailed us saying, I thought this week was very good and lots of fun. And that was referring to last week still. I loved Stephen helping Sarah out in his mad, devious way with her complaining. But someone needed to take charge because she had absolutely no plan. Just love that it was him and she was so shocked at how easily he produced a perfect forgery. Easy for Uncle Stephen. I wonder whether this... That is true, but I do, I wonder, because, you know, I thought I knew where this was going. And again, Corey's, like, pulled the rug out from under me. Maybe this has just primed Sarah and the rest of the Platts to recognise some kind of forgery that Stephen's going to try and pull in the future. Oh, yeah, it could do, couldn't Mm. it? Yeah, now that Sarah knows. I also just had a thought. You know, you were talking earlier about maybe Damon's going to come back um, and he's going to go after Adam. Could Stephen be the one to bump off Damon? Yeah. Have we had like a villain killing another villain before? A serial, have, have serial killers always just killed the good guys? Yeah, let's do that. I suppose Pat. Pat killed Vinny, naughty old Vinny, didn't but, he? Well, it was Andy that did it really, but yeah. Mm. That might be quite good. Like Maybe they idea. could be involved in like a Mexican standoff kind of thing, each pointing yeah. a gun at each other and then we. Hear yeah. a shot. Yeah. Nice. Um, anyway, also, says Laura, Ken's reaction to the gender reveal party. My dad is a similar age and would be exactly the same. <laughs> Adam is such a plank. Um, yeah, <laughs> neither Adam Ken nor plank. Daniel were particularly thrilled with the gender reveal Well, thing. they had different reasons, didn't they? Because Adam, um, Daniel never articulated correctly what he was trying to get. I, I was kind of annoyed at Corey for this because they kind of flirted a little bit with the idea that Daniel was trying to say something about whatever gender you say the child is now, it yeah, might not... Yeah, that's what he was going but for. But he was like, it? the prison I go to is full of kids who don't know who they are. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why you're bringing up imprisoned children when you're talking about my baby. <laughs> so woke, Daniel. But obviously, Dan- Ken's like, I don't care about that. It's just an American thing. I hate American things. It is fairly recent is it recent in America? Because it feels like yes, it's only recent it it's been a thing here. It's just an excuse to have a party. It makes sense. There's it's no fine. harm in it, really. If you're going to find out the gender of your child, why not make a big thing out of it? And come up with I mean, some creative way of doing it. You can't do it on the birth of the child, can you? You can't have everybody crowding well, around going, look, it's a, it's a little willy's coming out. <laughs> Gross. No, exactly. That's why you've got to do it in before. Yeah, I don't, I don't particularly have a huge problem with it. There was also, um, doesn't Roy no, make a comment that. about it this week as well and saying, oh, gender is not set in stone. But that obviously, I guess that makes sense with him having been married to Hayley. Um, well, I know everyone keeps saying, oh, is it just a gender reveal? But it's not really a gender reveal party. But you can't say baby genital exposure party. Because that's just gross. A sex reveal. That just sounds... Sex assigned at birth party. (laughs) Um, I love any stories about the Undertakers, and this was a good one. Um, I knew the day they put Todd and George together. It was a stroke of genius and very Coronation Street, and I loved Todd in this role. Agreed. Nice to see Amy back being Amy again and moving her into the shop could be fun. Lots of dev and lots of comedy. Hardy stuck in the middle placating everyone. Good story. Now, I don't want to know about the Ryan on steroids, though. Come on, Ryan, get your head together now or get therapy or something. Is Carla really his auntie? I get confused with Johnny's family. Oh, don't put me on the spot with this. Well, don't forget that we completely screwed up one of our... You, this is your fault. Yeah. And our Patreon, we got confused about who's a blood Connor and who isn't because they kept revealing Connors and Connors by marriage and Connors by birth 
got mixed up completely. I'm going to say Carla is not Hang on. actually right. I mean, he's, right, Michelle's a cl- plug clear, Connor. Yeah, and, Ryan and, isn't, so Clark, yeah. uh, Carla, Carla is absolutely Carla not. Carla is his auntie by hospital mix-up because Michelle is a is a blood conner and Carla is a retconned blood conner because she's Johnny's secret daughter. Yeah. Not really, but it's easier to say, isn't it? Um, also... Yeah, it's very easy to say, yeah. Please either give Peter a story or let him leave. He was such a strong character once. Now it's embarrassing. Oh, I don't... That's a shame, because well, I've... He has floundered in recent he years. He has. He's he's not had a big, big story for had, ages. But, you know, I mean, we keep complaining about this. There's... They're giving it to all the young ones. And, you know, we mm. were talking earlier about the fact that... Who, who are you trying to woo audience-wise... There's the declining audience on TV and everything. Are the young ones tuning into Curry? I don't really know. Maybe you should give some of the oldies a bit more of the bigger story because I'm sure Cress Gascoigne could could manage it. I uh, love Cress Gascoigne. Cress Gascoigne. Mustard and Cress. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I defo don't want an assisted death storyline. Yawn. <laughs> Bit, bit harsh to yeah. describe. I'm From sure Laura it's quite serious to some people. Laura, Laura also P.S. that she was happy to see Alex in the cafe. Shame he can't be in it more. Thank you, Laura. I'm not fussed. Um, finally, we have got um, Nancy, who um, has got her thoughts on last week's um, not podcast conversation. No, <laughs> Coronation <laughs> Street. Gemma. Okay, I'll read this. Um, I love Nancy. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love Nancy, but that's not what I meant to say. I meant to read Nancy's email that begins, I love Shelley. Uh, and everybody, in case you didn't know, which I'm sure you don't know, Shelley doesn't have an E in her name. She, well, she's got one, not two. Yes. She's literally a shell E. Mm. Interesting trivia. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Gemma. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The podcast's not long enough. Just <laughs> stretch it Nancy out a little bit says, more. I love Shelley. She's a good person for Paul to speak with. She reminds me of Becky. Interesting. Mm. I hope Billy and Paul get married soon. I, I like... can certainly see Catherine Kelly in Being that role. That character, yeah. Very, very well with mm. that sense of humour. This girl, this this actress, she's fantastic. She wasn't in it this week. No. But um, I do like her. Nancy says, I like that they remembered the 10th anniversary of Sunita's death and hopefully Dev will change his mind about going into business with Darren. It makes me wonder, like, you know, Deb was obviously saying, oh, I forgot, um, it was in April, the anniversary, and did the, the script writers or the, 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 the people you know, plotting the story of this, did they say, well, what's going to be the, what's going to spur Bernie on, what can we use? Oh, it's just past Sunita's death, shall we... Do it anyway. Or, or was it always planned like this? I, I don't know. Mm. Um, Nancy says I love Todd winning the Young Undertaker Award I hope Todd does not leave George but it's smart of George to give Todd a raise I hope Ryan does not have a problem because of his steroid use he needs counselling I do think Adam will find out he's not the father Sarah should have told him the truth like Stephen suggested looks like Damon could come back because he tried to contact Sarah I could not believe Tim threw Stephen's things out the window (laughs) it's good that Stephen is moving back to the flat he could interfere with Sarah going to America. I give this week's episode three and a half letters that Stephen forged out of five in the character of the week. Here's Stephen. Stephen Reed. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everybody. Stephen's the best. Thank you, everybody. Um, there, there, we've got some lovely messages and, and notes and things on social media um, this week celebrating our return from France. 
So yeah. they've missed us. Especially the French people. Thank goodness. Many that hours whiny of woman to to moaning about the food in France. He complains about that. You do. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, no, it was nice. Nice that people are happy that we're back. And it's nice to be back into the normal routine of things. I enjoyed doing Street Talk Shorts. I enjoyed binging curry with you this week. and um, I found curry very bingeable over this past... Don't say that. They're going to start putting it up on I ITVX. actually quite liked it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, Is for listening. Is it easier because it's the summer holidays, at least? Couldn't do not it for me. Oh, no, not for you. Conversation Street at gmail.com is our email address. Oh, we're we finishing. Go on. No, no, that's fine. I just no, I'll, I'll, I'll finish now. How can people contact us, Gemma, if they would like to? What Other can people you do? do this a lot smoothly, more smoothly than we do. If we Conver- haven't done it after eleven years, I don't think it's going to happen. Conversationstreet.podbean.com is our website. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, that would be a very good idea. All the best fans do. Find us on X. Find us on Threads. Find us on Instagram. Oh, we still haven't posted anything no. on Threads. Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. Sorry, We're on Zuck. Patreon. We're going to get you a new episode at some point this month, but our we'll latest one was cool. That was about families. Very interesting. Oh, I remembered. Um, and check out my lovely little video about Henry Newton. Yes, I've put it all over do. the place. It's on YouTube. It's on Instagram. Michael it's on needs Twitter. The validation. Tell him he's good. I think it's an all right video. I liked it. Yeah, we we both star. We in actually it, don't we? recorded that on holiday. That was our one bit of recording. I couldn't stop him. There's no way to stop him. It, it didn't take long. I put my foot down about everything else. We recorded we, our own we bit had to separately, do it for Henry, didn't we? Because Henry's the best. I had to go and sit we in the car him. while you recorded your bit for it. She didn't want shy. me didn't want me listening in to you. No, I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, it's quite good. It's quite good. It's only sixty seconds of your life. Yeah, go on, just go and but have a But if you watch it on YouTube Shorts, Henry. feel free to just watch it on a loop to get our views up. <laughs> we might get two p out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I um, think the most we've ever got out of a YouTube Short is like five p, isn't it? I don't think we've got that much. No, out of I doubt shorts, it. It's probably really. a cumulative how much we got all of them. Um, right, we're yeah. done. We are done for a week. What a lot of street talking we've done this week. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Hope our views aligned in some way with yours. Hope you're all glad that Henry's back. And um, don't forget, even if the lettuce says it's pre-washed, wash it anyway. There we go. So see you next time. Have a lovely weekend. Um, my dad's coming to visit next week, so we need to clean the house all day tomorrow, don't we? So yeah. spare us on. It's also our wedding anniversary on Sunday, so. Um, what a great I just day! I'd like to know. <laughs> I don't know why. How many years is it this year? Um, I don't know. Uh, 13 oh no give Uh up now (laughs) see you next time everybody the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com